Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with episode 120 of the Chick Foley Show. We are speeding down the fast lane on the road to WrestleMania. (laughs) Before we go any further, you heard a little sneak peek right there. Let's introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing tonight? I'm feeling good, man. I'm in the fast lane, ready to go. (laughs) And Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Um, Going good. I'm I'm just trailing behind uh, Sheena there (laughs) in the fast lane because I no longer have the title, but... Looking to reclaim it before WrestleMania. Better keep up. <laughs> Sheena, <laughs> uh, let the listeners know where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Uh, most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at Chick Foley Show. Dot com. $10 a year gets you access to our Facebook group. Um, we just completed our March Madness Best Breakfast Cereal Tournament episode, which was so much fun. We have um, part one is out now. Part two will be out this week sometime. Um, Some very heated debate. It was arguably like the most passionate anybody's gotten on the chick oh, yeah. show thus far. So Yeah. And also one other little bonus perk. The So I would say that the uh the regular chick foley show it's pg-13 these were these were definitely r-rated uh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah. So yeah you guys i think you guys are going to be kind of surprised and amused at the humor that we hit you guys with uh on the the breakfast wars if, yeah, yeah we, we had to bring it to fight for our favorite cereal you know i mean did you find out a little bit of history of my uh previous uh employer yeah <laughs> yes so, exactly yeah. yeah if you want to know what marco and sunny sunny the uh the bird have in common, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. We got some new episodes of Unboxing Mania rolling out every week. And this Saturday, we're going to have Chick Foley Rumble 7. Remember, Ooh. that's where everybody gets to pick their uh, their digital avatar in WWE 2K. And then we live stream a Rumble with me and Sheena on commentary. It's a ton of fun. We're going to be giving away that Collector's Edition Undertaker from a few months back, MOC. That's going to be the prize for this week. So you still have time to get signed up. At Chick Foley Show. That is from um that is from our friend Shoes Up Sleeves Down, I believe. He donated that figure a while back to be um a, a giveaway for you guys. So follow him at Shoes Up Sleeves Down. He's one of our awesome Foley fan members. Uh does a lot of sneaker content, just a really good guy. Some really, really awesome sneaker reviews on YouTube, YouTube also. Mm-hmm. And the one cool thing that's unique about him is that he's not just going for the hype sneakers. Like he's got some really, really fly stuff on there, but it's yes. not just Yeezys and Jordans and, and off-white drops. He's got just regular kind of everyday daily drivers. So if you're in the hunt for just a new pair of running shoes or a new pair of shoes to just you know chase your kids around the neighborhood, definitely hit him up. Very cool channel. For sure. We also want to give a shout out to our partners in the Pod Foundation. So again, that's the Turnbuckle Tavern, Pyramid Wrestling, and the Extra Cooler Show. We've all kind of joined up to to go to you know go to war with any other podcast factions out there. Not really. <laughs> We're just here to uh, to help each other out. We're nothing collaborate but love. On <laughs> collaborate on ideas. Uh, we'll have, you'll have some crossover pods. We've already had a few of those. Uh, and it's just been, it's been a ton of fun, you know, having these guys to work with. And we're looking forward to to big things for the rest of the year with the Pod Foundation. You can find the Instagram account at Pod Foundation to keep up with all the latest episodes and YouTube content 
from all of these shows. And last but not least, we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles to save 10% on all your wrestling figure purchases. Any of our partners that you hear us mention during this show, uh, you can find links to that in the show notes. So just you know, swipe over on the cover art on whatever podcast app that you're using, and you'll have direct links to all of our various partners. Uh, anything else before we head inside the Squared Circle, guys? No, let's go for it. All right, so let's kick it off with our favorite night of the week for wrestling, the Wednesday Night Wars. The main event of AEW last night really set the wrestling world on fire. It's been all you've heard about online and on the various wrestling podcasts that dropped today. Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker had what is undoubtedly the best women's match in AEW history so far and one of the best matches of the last few years. Uh, Sheena, what did you think about the match? Oh, I thought it was wonderful. I mean, I I don't know if Tony Khan, you know, if he's a big mark of Chick Foley's show and he just heard me drag um, the AEW's women's division the week before Revolution. Um, I got pretty passionate that week about how I just am so disappointed in how they dropped the ball on these women and, you know, really not just giving them their due. And then all of a sudden, you know, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa just come out and put on this straight clinic um, in what was like an unsanctioned, like hardcore match. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a clinic. It was more of like a slaughterhouse <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah i agree slaughterhouse is definitely a better term for what we saw on wednesday night but yeah it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of like moments where i was like looking through my fingers when you know she did the um slam onto the tax i was just like oh my gosh you know and she just when that moment when anyone gets slammed on tax and everybody's just waiting with bated breath for them to like roll over and see how many tacks are stuck into their back, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty intense. And just the, the blood, the crimson mask on Britt Baker was bananas, just like full on blood in the eye sockets, like in insane. So yeah, these women, I was so, so impressed. Um, I just hope this, this really just kind of puts the, you know, the gears in motion to, to keep these kind of things going. It reached a level of violence that is rarely seen in women's wrestling. Quite frankly, it's rarely seen in men's wrestling nowadays, yeah. but it's definitely very, very rarely seen in women's wrestling. Uh, Marco, what do you think? What was the violence? Was it, was it too much, not enough, or, or was it like baby bears porridge just right? <laughs> uh, I think it was a, uh, no, it was just right. Uh, with the, with the level of violence, I think, I mean, it's, I mean, if you've watched, if you're a wrestling fan, you're an old wrestling fan. You've probably seen a lot of different types of uh, hardcore matches or death matches and stuff like that. And I mean, it, I think it's a, it gives a little bit of extra oomph when you uh, have ladies doing uh, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Yeah, so nobody wants that- to see. No one wants to see ladies busted open. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's, no, not, that's exactly. not a knock on ladies or what they're capable of. But I mean, come on, like you know, you know, you just don't want. Like I'm like, holy smokes! It just it has so much more like intensity when there's like a woman busted open because you're like, we oh just, my god, we just haven't seen it as often. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's a big thing. I mean, we're all about you know gender equality here on the Chick Foley Show. I think sure. this might be the only female hosted. Um, wrestling podcast aside from you know the actual like wwe superstars that have their own shows so we're definitely all about uh you know gender equality but yeah it's just something we've rarely really seen candace larray used to get busted open a lot in the indie scene when she was competing in the the world's cutest tag team with joey ryan but in mainstream wrestling i'm i'm struggling to think of a time when there's been an actual blade job you know if we're actually gonna gonna break kayfabe here Mm -hmm. um the times when there's been women's blood it's been accidental you know there was a legendary moment 
with Becky, Becky Lynch. Lynch when she Becky had her Lynch, nose yep. caved in by Nia Jax. I think Sasha has gotten, you know, a, a busted mouth and a bloody nose a couple times, but it's been very, very rare. So, yeah, again, like Sheena said, to see somebody on national TV wear the crimson mask, it was just intense. Um, I, I'm Chelsea Green's, if- Chelsea Green's had some bloody matches, hasn't she? Like in the past, I um. I didn't really follow her career much before, but uh, maybe when she was the uh, the hot the mess, hot mess, the yeah. Mess. I think I've seen some pictures of her from the past where she was just like totally busted open. Yeah, I would I would probably say like it, it seems like Britt Baker's like the almost like I, I kind of made this up last night. I didn't post it on social media anywhere, but I'm calling her Britt Foley for now on because she uh she 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 had the, she had her nose broken too. That was the other oh, uh, yeah. bloody facing too as well. And they had a teacher made of that and also mm-hmm. so she seems like she's like. Almost like the most hardcore woman out a, there. She's right not now. afraid. Yeah, she she's <laughs> not afraid to take a bump, which surprises me because as a dentist, I'm like, oh my god, I feel like she should be wearing a mouth guard. You know, like well, if she, she, could, she knows she can fix her own teeth if she has to. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's exactly. True. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, yeah. I think we gave her. We, I think we get kind of like gave grief for the. Uh, what was that? The dentist office match that they. Oh, that match was terrible. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah that's not, that's not um, a reflection of her. I mean, that was just a reflection of that whole setup. I mean, and her opponent, which was big swole, which I don't think big swole was prepared for that spot on, you know, yeah. on uh, the pre-show or whatever. It just was not a great match, but it just goes to show you, you know, when, Thunder Rosa is amazing. And it just goes to show you when you bring someone in like that, that can just kind of up level the entire like locker room, you know, like it shows you, what she could, she elevated Britt Baker and Britt Baker's been great. Like I love yeah. everything she's done, you know, with her, just her character and the evolution of her heel turn, you know, because when you think back to when AEW started and Britt Baker was just kind of this, you know, baby face, she's really pretty, but her whole gimmick was that she's a dentist and she just kind of like, you know, like skip to the ring and all that. It was just kind of boring, you know, and she wasn't really great technical wise either, but just in this short amount of time, how far she's come and brought her character. Like, it's just really awesome to be a witness to this and just not knowing like she, I mean, she's definitely not peaked yet, you know, like how far she can go, you know, now that she knows she's capable of this, like what, what's, what's going to happen in the future. Marco, I think you made a great point when you compared her to uh, Mick Foley because similar to Hell, uh, King of the Ring, 1998, the legendary match when when Foley got thrown off the top of the cell, you know, he was the heel coming into that match and just the yeah. the toughness and just the ability to absorb an ass kicking that he showed that night. He basically, he was a baby face by the end of the night and I think it's going to be something similar with Britt Baker. I got to imagine she's going to take at least a couple weeks off after that, but I, you know, I think the fans are going to embrace her when she comes back. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, the other thing too is like she it was almost she almost had like an iconic like that photo of her with oh, the Oh, that photo is legendary. Like it was almost yeah. it was almost as close to like the the Mick Foley Hell in a Cell match when he's he has like the his uh He's looking up with his, the tooth. Uh, tooth in his nose. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and he has his tooth in his nostril and he's just like kind of like trying to like put his like tongue through like it's almost like very similar. I just kind of came up with that on the fly because I was like, I was like, holy crap, this kind of looks uh, very similar to me. But yeah, um, it's like a perfect no, hat, combo yeah. of uh, Steve Austin and uh, Mick Foley there. You know, yeah. Hats off to her though. That was uh, that that match was just incredible. Just not to take anything away from uh, Thunder Rosa, she did she did great as well. But oh yeah, Thunder Rosa people, was amazing. Yeah. The other thing people forget too is like Thunder Rosa is elevating two women's divisions right now. You got NWA coming back as well, and yeah. she's still a part of NWA. So like. She's kind of like helping out AEW and NWA at the same time. Um, 
with her. Yeah. With well, her, they with her, they needed it, and I sure hope I hope this like set the precedent, you know, because before there, like let's be real, there were no women's matches in AEW history that the women in the locker room could look up and be like, okay, well, we have yeah. to beat this, like we have to top yep. this, you know, like there was no like bar set for the AEW's yeah. AEW women's division, and you know, you're only as good as the best competitor in the in the locker room, you know what I mean? And from what exactly. we were seeing, it was the bar was set pretty low, so I think this really put the women of AEW on notice like okay this is it this is the expectation going forward yep. like you know we expect you to get out there and perform like this and show the people that like we're worthy of this main event spot you know and Tony Khan was really high on it I don't know if you saw the the interview and it wasn't in that interview but the little backstage segment that they played um after oh, yeah. you know after the camera stopped rolling and he told Britt you know this is the best thing they'd had on TV and he was so high on it and everything and then Thunder Rosa giving that really passionate interview afterwards and saying you know you know she's putting women's wrestling on the map for AEW and all this stuff which I thought was so so cool I would even I would even go as far as saying they put like AEW on the map last night as just just them too like if it wasn't on the map already it definitely is now with with that with that match like that I think that has more eyes on it than anything right now. People are still talking about it. Yeah, like, well, and you know, the, the crazy thing is, it. is it, it, think about how many people didn't watch it live and then saw Britt Baker just completely, you know, covered in blood, saw that photo that we're talking yeah. about, and then like watched it on YouTube or went back in Hulu and watched it. Yeah. Um, how many people watched it after the fact? I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine what the numbers are like because you know, there's probably a lot of people that weren't tuned in to AEW or didn't stick around to the main event or whatever, you know, because they're like, oh, it's you know, women's match, which it was a good women's match. I mean, we love Britt Baker and we love Thunder Rosa. But, you know, the AEW women's division up to this point really hasn't been anything to, like, stick around for. So, exactly, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people actually went back and um, and watched that after. So I'm I'm stoked. I, I think M- Meltzer, you know. <laughs> Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave. Dave Meltzer. Yeah. One thing that happened that I think is going to just kind of it, it's going to not serve this match very well is that he like was so high on it. Gave it five stars. Um, so many people are saying, you know, it's five star match. It's better than it's the best women's match of all time. All this stuff, and I'm like, whoa, 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 pump your brakes, okay? Like, yeah, he let's, said it let's... was. Uh, he said it was between this, um, Charlotte and Becky from Evolution, and Sasha and Bailey from Takeover Brooklyn. And those are as good as this was. Those two matches were on a different level. Different level, totally different level. And exactly. those and those matches were the trailblazers for matches like this to even be possible you know what i mean so like if it weren't for those matches like the matches like this wouldn't even exist so yeah t- dave i think he he got he he gave it five stars and everybody else was saying oh it's a five-star match it's the best and i'm like but we need to let this digest for a minute you know what i mean because now i think people are overblowing it and i think that's going to cause a lot of pushback on this match when otherwise people would have just enjoyed it and been like oh my god that was amazing like did you see what happened now they're like they feel like they have to defend it or come back at it and say no you know sasha and bailey was better like what do you mean this was the best women's match and it shouldn't be like that it shouldn't be like there shouldn't be comparisons right but when you put something on a a perfect scale of five stars people are going to give it like people are going to come back with arguments you know the other thing that he said was that after last night, Britt Baker is the number one star oh in American my God, women's wrestling. Yes. And right. I'm sorry. We love Britt Baker here. Again, we we love Britt Baker. I mean, I'm dying to get a uh, a Britt Baker figure in the Michael Jordan jersey, but Britt Baker isn't a bump on Charlotte's ass, like just straight up. And that's not talking about the ability. That's just talking about the, the star power, mm-hmm. the level of star that she is right now. It just does not compare to Charlotte. And I'd say it doesn't compare to Sasha Banks either. So, yeah, once again, Uncle Dave, uh, you know, thinks he's doing good, but he's really actually causing a, uh, okay. a little bit of harm. 
Yeah. I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. All right. Just a, just a tiny bit. Okay. Right now, scaling what Charlotte's doing and what Britt Baker's doing, who has the better, who's the most like current, like, like who has the better storyline right now? Who has the, has the most shine? I well, would say. Yeah, I would well, still I mean, say. I think moment, that's, yes, Charlotte. Ahead, I think that's what he's going by. No, like, I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't care. People, people, <laughs> people will look at Charlotte and say that is Ric Flair's daughter, even if they don't yeah. know her name. Like they know, like oh, Ric Flair's daughter is a wrestler, right? So Ric Flair is a household name. Charlotte Flair is pretty much a household name. Britt Baker, she put on, she put on an incredible match for us, like the the marks that watch this stuff week in and week out, but. I guarantee you, if I walked out and just found just some casual wrestling fan, they are not going to know who Britt Baker is. Do you know what well, I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think he, I think he, I think he meant at the moment, like in this, in this, in this in moment this, right in now, this week. Like, yes, in yes. this week, t- yes. this week, yeah, she That's put on I think the, he meant. the better, the better. I still match disagree. This week. I mean, yeah, she had a good, she had a good match, but I mean, Charlotte's on the road to WrestleMania to face Oscar in a but rematch. Who, is of, anyone talking about that though? That's the thing. Like, is anyone talking about? I don't. I mean, I'm gonna but were, be hey, honest. But were people, I don't care were people about talking? It. Were people talking about Thunder Rosa <laughs> versus Britt Baker last week? No, no, they weren't. No, exactly. No, nobody was true, talking yeah. about that. Nobody cared. Nobody yeah. even like nobody was even thinking about that match being at what it was until it was halfway through the match and people is, were like, "Oh my, what are we so, seeing here?" Yeah, I mean, I would say is is a Charlotte Flair versus Oscar match going to be better than this match? Probably it could not. Be. I don't. I mean. I'm gonna probably it's just say gonna now, be. It's no. just gonna be different. I I, I think yeah. these these matches are. I mean, this was an unsanctioned match, which we know Charlotte and Oscar aren't gonna have. I mean, we don't I guess we mm. don't know, but I mean, Charlotte and Oscar are not gonna have an unsanctioned match. It's gonna be way more technical yeah. with Charlotte, and there's gonna be there's just the level of production and stuff like that. I mean, it really depends on what you're looking for and what you like in wrestling. You know, everybody's got their thing that they like, but. Um, be- I think I think when we're talking about better, it's really subjective, right? Because there's going to be people people that like this was their favorite women's match of all time, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's like better than Sasha Bailey, you know? Oh it's yeah, just, of course. It's just yeah. really what 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 criteria you're basing better off of. Well, I would this- argue that Charlotte and Oscar, even if it's not necessarily a better match than this one, I think they're going to be able to get damn close without using a single thumbtack or table yeah. or anything, True. just having a straight up wrestling match. I think True. that they're going to reach a level that, um, you know, anybody in AEW couldn't do. So, Oh, I was listening really quick. I was listening to a podcast earlier and they had a genius idea. What podcast was it? Um, it was Wrestle Talk. So I was listening to, um, and <laughs> it was, it was so funny. He was like, you know, when she grabbed that bag, I thought she was going to dump out a bag of human teeth. And I was like, dude, that would that be would the best gimmick ever uh, for the dentist to dump out a bag of teeth and like body slam someone onto. Uh, they they a, probably would have gotten in trouble for that or something. Yeah, they need to say that for people. Human rights would have got on them. And I'm uh, interested to see if they get any them. blowback um, just from having, you know, seeing Britt Baker busted open like that on regular cable TV, you know, because yeah. they're still on TNT. So. Uh, I haven't seen anything today come out on it, but I'd be interested over the next couple of days. If, you oh know, yeah, I guess various... I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about Mox and them being on pay per view. I was thinking, well, Mox and them just did it, but yeah, that was pay per view. Yeah. So they're gonna could, someone will complain about it and say like, mm. I hadn't even considered that yet. That's a good My point. child, a- AEW has uh, you know they've been on a run of signing ex WWE guys 
over the last couple months. I think it is going to be a complete disservice to wrestling fans everywhere if they don't go out and sign Glenn Jacobs, mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, <laughs> and give us the Isaac Yankum, Britt Baker, intergender tag team that oh we all God. deserve. Oh, my God. The tag match? Yeah. Oh, Can you imagine yeah. Isaac Yankum they could and Britt Baker They could just be the team? evil dentists, yeah. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. Be sick. yeah. Yeah. We need to see it. It's been, you know, it's been 25 years since Isaac Yankum stone on the, uh, the scrubs. We need to see him come back. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here All for right. that. So let's move on. You hear the ring bell and that's, uh, it's fitting because the, the first bell has told for the WWE network today. Mm-hmm. So WWE network, at least in the States, our international listeners, you guys are good to go for the foreseeable future. But here in the United States, um, the, the first domino followed for the end of the WWE network. It's still going to be around till April 4th. You can still, you know, use it like you always have, but it debuted on Peacock today. Um, so that's really it. You know, the clock's ticking. I think it, for the most of us, we got our emails yesterday explaining exactly how it would work. You don't have to worry about getting charged extra or even canceling your subscription. You can just let it run out till April 4th. And depending on when you get billed each month, you're going to get a uh, prorated rebate back. But it kicked off on Peacock today. One interesting thing is that it's no longer even called the WWE Network. It's now the WWE Hub, which is a very interesting name because, uh, you know, if, if you listen with kids, maybe fast forward in about five minutes. But, you know, the the world's biggest, uh, you know, uh, erotic cinema oh, website the oh, is God. known as uh, Pornhub. You know, I think Old it's a legendary website. There's actually like Pornhub, like fashion, like collaborations now where it's just you know really like you know high-end um companies will just make like a really nice t-shirt and put the Pornhub logo on there just to be kind of uh edgy or whatever but it's wwe hub so you got you know just you, you already had your one you know you had your one hub that's fond in everybody's hearts and minds <laughs> and now we have another one to compete with it um but yeah so w- w- what were your thoughts when you saw that that was the name marco that they went with wwe hub um i I mean, I don't think that that was my first thought. Was the was the original? Hub, <laughs> Are you sure? OG, Are you sure? OG hub. I mean, for some, <laughs> it might have been uh, very exciting that they actually called it the WWE hub. But uh, I mean, I guess it's sort of fitting if you look at it in different ways. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, they, I, I guess they have to take away from the. Uh, they can't call it the network anymore because it's no longer a. WWE Network. I thought they were just yeah, going to. I think it. that would have. Uh, I think it would have like confused the branding because WWE Network is still going to be a thing, basically yeah. everywhere else in the world except the United States. So I think maybe that's what uh, what the issue was. But I, that was weird that uh, you know they, they the didn't anonymous just GM. something else. Yeah, no, right. Uh, but yeah, they. Uh, so the the only the only thing I could think of was like like I said, it's the WWE Network was the app, so they can't name it that. But they. Um, if you like go on uh, like a Roku or uh, Amazon Fire or Apple TV or any one of those, it's just basically a channel on Peacock. So if you like go to the header and it has like sports and TV, it just says WWE. It doesn't say WWE Hub. So I'm not okay. sure if that's going to stick or anything like that. But um, yeah, on the, on the phone, it was definitely WWE Hub. I haven't yeah. pulled it up on the Xbox yet. My Xbox is still my primary way to check it out. But uh, I was at work today when I took a look at it and I yeah. just that kind of I was taken aback a little bit by the name. I went through the uh, the mapping and stuff. It's uh, so yeah. they so a lot of people thought they were just going to upload like you know all the new stuff, which it is like pretty much anything current that they recently uploaded to like new shows and all that stuff is on there. Um, they are uploading like other like old pay per views. Like there's like it's scattered though; it's not in order. So there's some scattered WCW pay per views, ECW. Um, so they're, they're starting to upload all that stuff. Obviously, I think they said around the summertime when it will be like fully 
uploaded. So yeah, I think SummerSlam is the goal date to have everything from WWE Network right now migrated over. Yeah, so there is stuff on there. Um, A lot of people are scared that you know they're not going to see any of the old pay per views, not the deep library that you have now with the WWE Network. Uh, But they are starting to upload like all the older pay per views. I felt like I was like uh, a Peacock customer service today between like (laughs) people on like Twitter as well as my friends like. I just got this email. What am I going to do? Do I, do I delete the app? Do I do this? And I'm like, no, 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 do this. <laughs> I felt you're like really, you're really good at that though, Marco. Yeah. That's a, you know. yeah, I was, I was, I was doing some customer service for everyone, but uh, yeah. So just so everyone knows, if you do have Xfinity, if you are an Xfinity customer, you do get Peacock premium included with your subscription, not premium plus premium plus removes the ads and you're able to like download. Yeah. I'm totally um, doing the 999 to remove the yeah, ad. We already upgraded yeah. to that. Yeah. You, yeah, you can get it for 499, which is yeah. a, which is a killer deal. <laughs> I mean, 499 for, you know, the network or the hub or whatever you want to call it. Um, plus all, <laughs> all the content on Peacock. Like that's, that's a freaking killer deal. Yeah, um, especially, I mean, even, even with the ads, even with the pain in the butt of the ads, but yeah, you can upgrade to pay what you were paying just for WWE network. And uh, you still get all of that plus, and they yeah. and they removed the ad. So, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. I was pleasantly surprised by the the layout, how it was navigating it, um, and and the amount of content that was there. Sheen, did you get a chance to mess with it much? Yet? No, I I saw it pulled up like when I was you know doing stuff for the kids today. I saw it on there, but I didn't um I didn't get a chance to get in there and like poke around at all, like in the actual hub, <laughs> in that hub at least. No. <laughs> you poked around in the other hub today? No. Oh. Poke around the hub. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. Like I said, I was there was a lot more stuff there than I was expecting to see day one, and it makes me very confident for the future of it. There were some quirks, you know, the if you go to like the the TLC page, instead of just having them all lined up, they're broken. You have to click through like a drop down box to go through seasons, and each season will just be whatever uh, it, the season is like a year and you just got one show. So I think that is just a, a little quirk of trying to fit the WWE, the unique um, style of the WWE network and all the WWE content into traditional um, TV shows. So I, I'm sure they'll get that ironed out. Yeah. Cause you got to think most TV shows, they have a pretty standard like layout, you know, when you're going into in designing that kind of stuff, it's like, Oh, here's your series. Here's your, right. here's your seasons. Here's your episodes, you know? So yeah, WWE network is like totally not like that. It's like a whole new format. Yeah. Cause sometimes you just want to go and see like every pay-per-view from 2017, or sometimes you just want to see every SummerSlam. Um, so I think they're still going to have to work through that over the next couple of weeks. And Does months. Peacock have any other sports content? like this like does it have any like um yeah they know, do so they're on the whole content? yeah so you, you got to remember peacock is basically everything under the nbc right uh universal umbrella so you know they have contracts with nfl uh they got they're really big in the nhl um i think they got some college sports so yeah they, there's definitely some other sports but i don't know i'm not sure how many of those sports have like historical libraries you know i think that right. may just be more for live sports content um, Marco, what what do you think in long term on this move for the network to Peacock? Have, have you uh, have you changed your mind or your feelings on it any since it was originally announced? Um, no, not not necessarily. It, um, I think like when they announced it's like way back when. Um, I think it was like pretty much. I mean, amongst my friends anyway. I'm not sure if I said it on the show, but I, I was you know pretty sure that like they were going to start selling content at some point. Like I wasn't sure they were going to like sell the whole app to a another app. Um, if it was, it was, I thought it was going to be like ESPN plus. So I was kind of like prepared for that to happen. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think in the long run, it's going to be, you know, obviously better for the WWE. They're definitely going to get more eyes on the product, uh, being a part of a part of the Peacock app, obviously because of all the other 
shows and stuff like that that are a part of the Peacock app, namely off the office, obviously. Because, um, <laughs> uh, you know, anyone that had had, had Netflix before, you know, um, well, office isn't office. on there anymore. So they had to go to Peacock. Now, Do so you like, know what was the biggest surprise for me that I didn't know is that um, – they had the whole they have the whole Harry Potter library on there. Yes. Which was, was like such thing. which was so awesome. And we have all, all the DVDs, of course. But I mean during the day, sometimes like, you know, Brett loves Harry Potter. So it's just easier for me to just grab the controller and just go to streaming than like, you know, mess with the DVDs, especially because you know, once you open that cabinet where the console is, like the kids want to get in there and I'm like, no, don't touch yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like if they if they don't even think about it, like if I don't have to open that cabinet, I'm like, you know, don't open it. So yeah, being able to stream Harry Potter movies, I'm like, holy moly, this is great. Yeah, so R.I.P. Yeah. to the uh, the hundred and forty dollar four K <laughs> DVD set that I bought the kids for Christmas. I know a lot of a lot of people. Are, you know, I'm I'm strictly digital. Like I switched like way back when. Like I jumped yeah. on the digital train. Uh, I I was like an avid DVD purchaser and Blu-ray purchaser at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, listen, you know what? Yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm just gonna. I, who know, cares? Listen, in 2021, out. anything could get canceled at any moment. Like, who exactly. knows? Who knows if you know J.K. Rowling like could say something horrible and like you know get Harry Potter canceled and you know then then they'll take it off of there. She's so, working yeah. on it, depending on who you. Uh, this talk is very to true. Online. Yeah, she's very she's very um you know I wouldn't say I mean not controversial per se. She's but outspoken. She's, in she's her very beliefs. outspoken yeah. in her beliefs. Yeah. Um. So oh, yeah. yeah. She, if if. If she could get, I've already gotten canceled. She would have gotten canceled by now. But um, I think, um, you know, yeah, I think it's good to have a backup physical, physical media, especially, you know, like I said, it's just so nice. Like the 4K DVDs just hit different in Harry Potter, you know? Yeah, I'm with you, Marco. I used to have a huge, we had a huge, two actually. Oh my God, we had so many Blu-rays. It was insane. Because back in the day, I was like a hardcore AV nerd until, you know, really about like 2015, 2016, it got to where like, the digital stuff had caught up so much that you were really spending, um, you know, you'd, you'd have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to get something that was like barely better than, than what you could stream digitally. Mm-hmm. But once I got the, uh, when I got the series X, I definitely want to get a few 4k DVDs just to try it out. And, uh, I love Harry Potter. Like that's my all time favorite books. There's just, if, if anybody hasn't read it, you know, if you're like been living under a rock the last 20 years, there's some really, really tremendous life lessons that you can get from that series of books. And they're just super entertaining and enchanting. And then uh, it's been awesome sharing them with our kids. You know, uh, Brett loves them. Like he'll actually, you know, he'll ride around on a broomstick and Mm -hmm. I'm Harry Potter. That's uh, yeah. uh, Yeah. My wife's like a huge, Harry Potter fan. She she actually yeah. has all the books. Yeah, and even like the audio books. Like I, you know, yeah. I don't ever. I, I I'm like immediately like you know I get so tired. Like at the end of the night, if I try to like read anything, I just fall right to sleep. So I love audio books, and you know I have Audible, and the narrator on the Harry Potter series is so wonderful. Like he's so easy to listen to. You know, character voices because that makes a big difference in audio books. Some some narrators are just like horrible, but um the guy who narrates the Harry Potter books is fantastic. So if you don't have time to, you know, sit down and actually read them, I highly suggest the audio books and you can listen to them with your kids, like in the car and stuff like that. So, yeah. So we still have a few, um, DVDs kind of floating around in the garage. that are just stuff that's never quite, we've never offloaded on my office and say by the bells DVDs are out or, there. <laughs> uh, or take them to Goodwill. The, the only DVDs I actually consider like an official that I own still that are like, you know, a part of my collection is the, the Harry Potter 4k DVD series. And then we got Charlie Brown's Christmas on mm-hmm. uh on blu-ray it's gotta have those so we'll we'll bring it back to wrestling yeah. um for me uh i think this is going to be a good move in the long run for for wwe fans and, and just the wwe uh company as a business obviously 
they got a ton of money. They got a billion dollars just to make this happen. I was initially like very, very upset about this, like to the point where it was like actually causing me anxiety because I love WWE Network. Me and Sheena have talked about it. We were out of wrestling for about 10 years and it was when the network launched that brought mm-hmm. us back in yeah. um, really deeper than ever. And I can't even begin to count the amount of hours that I've watched on WWE Network. Um, it's just, it's been such a joy to have basically the entire um, history of wrestling at your fingertips ready to watch. So I was kind of bummed out except when I heard Stampede. it was going to be. Yeah, except for Stampede. <laughs> Shout out to Bret Hart. You know, he's a stubborn son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, we were. I was bummed out. I, I was still upset when they changed the network back in the middle of 2019. Remember, yeah, we they were went, bitter they about that. Away. Yeah. yeah, they went away from the original platform to the uh, new platform. But once I got used to it, I grew to like it. And I think this is going to be good in the long run. You know, NBC paid a billion dollars. Again, that's a billion with a B. With a B. Yeah, that's nine zeros, okay, uh, that they paid for this. And they're not in the business of spending a lot of money just to piss it away. So yeah. I think they're going to make a ton of investment to make this awesome for wrestling fans. And if you heard Nick Khan, the guy who actually negotiated this deal, um, he he basically broke it down that WWE Network, originally it was running off of, the, they were basically piggybacking off of MLB Network, but when they went to the new platform, it was their own thing. So they were having to pay for all the infrastructure, managing it and running it. And to keep up with all the different streaming companies in 2021 and beyond, it just wasn't viable for them. At the end of the day, WWE is into producing content. They're not, uh, they just didn't have the infrastructure there to keep up. And it, it would have eventually resulted in the WWE Network becoming outdated. So... They're moving to Peacock where they're going to be motivated to have all the latest features, all the latest technology. And again, you know, give it a few months to, so they can get all the content moved over, which again, that's no easy task. You just think about how much of a pain in the ass it is moving files around from like your computer to Dropbox to your phone or whatever. They're moving the entire history of wrestling onto a new platform. Um, but I really think in, in the long run, it's going to be best for us. Now, I will say for the conspiracy theorists out there, and I know Sheena and Marco, you guys are both both love a good conspiracy. Remember, yeah, we do. Nick Khan is the guy that brokered this deal. He came on as, I forget what his official title is, but he came on as a big wig um, for WWE. And it was just a couple months afterwards that he announced that, you know, he brokered the deal to sell off WWE Network to Peacock. It cannot be understated. Nick Khan is a relative of uh, the Khan family that owns AEW. So mm-hmm. for everybody that thinks that he was sent there to, to sabotage WWE from the inside out, this may be step one in uh, AEW's oh, yeah. plan to take him down. Yeah, they sold out. So yeah, now they they no longer have full control of their of their content. I definitely think the pandemic um, kind of expedited this. I would say because I, I I can imagine that they probably ran into a bunch of problems with more people streaming than ever. You know what I mean? With like people being home more and people having you know just more free time to, oh, to yeah, do these types of things. That. So I think they were probably seeing the the strain on their servers and the strain on you know what what they they were capable of. So I can only imagine that that was kind of like, hey, we, we need to do something, you know. So now that Peacock and WWE Hub is a thing, um, what what would be you guys like dream mashup of a uh, you know an NBC property and, and a WWE superstar? I'll, I'll kick it off. Mm. I you know I'm gonna go back old school to the '80s. I'm thinking Cheers. Imagine if instead of Sam Malone, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the uh, the bartender on Cheers, just you know slinging brews and, and slinging life advice. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. Sheena, what do you got? Um. You know, I gotta, I gotta go with the office, and I'm trying to think who, who would be the perfect office character, WWE mashup. Um, oh my gosh, 
I can't, I can't, I, you know, I'm not great at these. Seth, do you have any ideas for Office and WWE? Who would, yeah, just, who would, you know, Vince, Vince McMahon is a, is a cringe boss. Think of all the stuff he's done over the years well, with his about, various I thought employees, about that, so. but he's just, yeah, well, that's very true. Yeah, he's in a lot of, he has a lot of HR violations on his, <laughs> yeah. uh, on his, uh, on his track record, so. Yeah, swap out, uh, swap out <laughs> Vince McMahon for Michael Scott and let yeah. the, uh, let the sparks fly. Oh. Marco, you got anything? I mean, I was going to say the same thing. I, I we had the same idea. Vince McMahon, obviously, as Michael Scott would be the the best. But obviously, replace all the characters in there with with WWE guys. You can have uh, let's see, who could you who could you replace like with Dwight? It's, who would be it's a good hard. Dwight I think character? it's hard for me for the Office. I probably shouldn't have Sammy picked the Zane, Office maybe? because I I love those characters so much that like I can't imagine anybody else being those characters. You well, know, you I'm just like yeah. Like I said, Sami Zayn could be uh, Dwight. You could have a, uh, let's see, Pam would be like a. Pam seems like a very, like a Renee to me, even though like Renee's Re- yeah. not with WWE anymore. But I feel like Pam is like so sweet. And like, you know, Renee is like, you know, one of the sweetest, kindest people there are. So I feel like Renee would be the perfect Pam. Yeah, it's tricky on that one because The Office, all the characters are really so grounded in reality, as ridiculous as the show gets. Like, yes. they're kind of like low key characters. And obviously, yes. in, in pro wrestling, everybody's turned up to 11. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's bring it back to Wednesday night and talk a little bit about NXT. So, Finn Balor and Karrion Cross is now official for TakeOver. We don't know if it's going to be night one on USA or night two on Peacock, but at uh, TakeOver Stand and Deliver, we're going to finally get that match. They went up for the tag team titles against uh, Lorcan and Birch. Surprisingly, they lost because as you guys have uh, been educated on before in kayfabe, if two rivals team up, they get each get a 20% XP boost for that match. But uh, they came up short, and then obviously Karrion Cross beat down Finn Balor afterwards. Uh, Marco, what's what's your early read on this match? I'm not going to put you on the spot for an official prediction, but but what are you uh, what are you feeling on this one? I'm feeling uh I'm feeling uh Karrion might be getting his title back mm-hmm. on this. Uh, uh, I mean, Finn's held it for long enough. I think um, I think he's done what he could with the title. Um, Karrion Cross never lost it in the first place. Kieran. Um, so I think he's I think he's uh due to get his title back at some point. I know a lot of people just, like think he's gonna go main roster. he's gonna lose and go to main roster. I don't think that's gonna happen at not. all. Um I think he's gonna win the title from Finn Balor, and Finn Balor might actually make a return to the main roster. Um that that following week, actually Monday Night Raw, maybe. Who knows? But uh yeah, I think uh Finn Balor is uh, due for a loss. Sheena, how hype are you for Balor and Cross? Oh, I'm so hyped for it. I thought I, I loved their interactions on Wednesday night. I thought it was so much fun. Um, you know, Scarlet is just I, I don't know. She just like um I can't stop watching her. You know what I mean? I'm sure all a lot of you guys feel the same. But I mean, for me, I just can't stop watching her for different reasons. Like she just very um is entrancing a word. It's enchanting, enchanting. That's the word enchanting. I'm looking for. <laughs> enchanting, yeah. Um but yeah, she she's just very enchanting and um, something about her just kind of like gives me the heebie jeebs like she's super scary, but then she's like so beautiful. Um, but yeah, I love their interaction. I, I'm going with my early prediction. I think Karrion is going to win the belt. Um, I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like they've built him up and it's just his time. It's the belt he never lost. Um, yeah. And he's he's just mage, dude, like the entrance. I love everything about it. So 
I'm here for Carrion. And I think beating I think beating Finn Balor is the perfect opponent because it's just going to give him so much legitimacy because we all know like Finn Finn is Mr. NXT. You know what I mean? That you can call Adam Cole whatever, but Finn is the is the official Mr. NXT. All right, it should be a hell of a match. The other big development on Wednesday night is we saw the five-star ring general, the Austrian giant, Walter, make his return to U.S. soil for the first time in a long time. I believe the first time since the, it's since been, the pandemic It's been a out. minute. It's been a minute. Confronted uh, Tommaso Ciampa, and it looks like we're on the road to seeing those two guys take over also. So if the if the two main events we get for each night is Balor and Cross and Walter and Ciampa, oh I'm already God. sold. Yeah, you can same. put whatever the hell else you want on the rest <laughs> of the show. Those matches are going to be awesome. Um Tampa's cooled a little bit since he came back from from his neck injury, but you know me and Sheena are both gigantic fans of him. I love, love the guy, him. love him. love his in ring character and his you know his in ring performances. And if you watch um, some of the documentaries on him on WWE Network, he's just an awesome, awesome dude. All the yep. stuff he's come back from uh, from from being uh, you know the lawyer that got tombstoned by Undertaker back in two thousand and seven to machine. right <laughs> to being one of the biggest stars in NXT history. Uh, just a hell of a performer. Um, I think this match is going to be awesome, but I got to ask Sheena, do you think Ciampa has a chance in hell to quote Vince McMahon's theme music of taking that NXT UK championship from Walter? Walter's going on two years with the belt now. No chance. No chance in hell. No, he's the, he doesn't have a chance, um, of defeating Walter. Um, it's going to be a, like a killer match and I can't wait to watch it, but yeah, uh, Walter's carrying that that belt like a champ. He's got a freaking death grip on it. He's not letting it go. So plus, you know, he's got um, Imperium behind him. So you know, yeah. if, if if worse comes to worse, you know, people are going to come beat beat down Daddy <laughs> and uh, and make sure Walter uh, keeps his title. Yeah, Walter's on the tier uh, in in kayfabe power where it's I think Finn's on that level. Roman, um, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. And then, you know, maybe Seth Rollins, Randy Orton and the Fiend are, you know, a hair a hair behind. But I just don't know how anybody could beat Walter. He's been built up so strong. Unless there's some uh, some interference from Imperium that goes horribly, horribly wrong. I just don't see any way that Ciampa can, can yeah. beat this guy. The guy's just the monster of all monsters in, in the WWE universe right now. Mm-hmm. What about you, Marco? What's, what's your thoughts on Walter and Ciampa? Um, no, definitely definitely going to be a banger. Definitely. Uh, and if you've ever seen any of... Uh, Walter's matches with any uh, smaller guys. They're oh, yeah. always super brutal. Ilya Dragunov. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, his match with Tyler Bate was oh, my incredible. God, Tyler Bate. Yeah, his, probably his, one of his, or maybe Insane. his best match. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a banger. Uh, Walter's, obviously, he's going to win. I mean, I don't see him losing at all. Um, I mean, I'm not sure there's going to be a formidable opponent at that at, at any time soon to beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who it could be, man. I really don't. But I do, uh, I do remember, uh, like way back, maybe a couple, maybe last year, or the year before, um, Chris Jericho tweeted something out, like uh, people were making like a big, huge thing about like Walter and stuff like that. And Chris Jericho tweeted something like, "Oh, he's like, there's a wrestler named Walter, like kind of like making fun of like his his wrestler name." Because it is kind of a weird name to dude. I think Walter is an amazing dude for for his for his character and his gimmick. Walter is like the perfect. I would name my kid Walter. I think Walter is a badass name. But in in my mind, I'm like, all right, Chris. Like, Chris is a more tougher name. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to all of we we have we have some amazing Foley fam. Some Chris's in the Foley fam. Yeah. Sorry, I I have some Chris's in my yeah. I have some Chris's in my friend. You know, zone, and uh, I think. uh, 
yeah, no, no offense to Chris, but yeah, Walter is just like a unique, like Walter's just an ass kicking name. You know what I mean? You're not messing with Walter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Walter just sounds like a, Walter, Walter just you. sounds like a brick wall, you know, <laughs> like that's where they get the wall and Walter. It's just like brick Walter, you know, it's a short, it's a shortened name of brick Walter. <laughs> You're welcome for that. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and plant my flag right now and say that uh, Walter and Ciampa is going to end up being the best match of WrestleMania week. I, I think it's going to just be incredible, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what those guys do. Yeah. What do we think about the name Stand and Deliver for the pay-per-view? Sounds like, you know, no offense to Marco, I know you're a big fan, but to me it sounds like the the newest album from Celine Dion. <laughs> Um, see, I got like more of like a, like a Bruce Springsteen type of vibe. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. It sounds like a, uh, an aging, <laughs> an aging artist, like comeback album. You know, it sounds like when they would come with yeah. an uh, 80s rock band comeback. Yeah. 100%. When they're making one last journey. Thing, yeah. It'd be like a journey yeah. album. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah like you, <laughs> Hey, t- tickets are going on sale Sunday for the journey stand and deliver tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a lame, it is a lame uh. name for a pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on let's hit uh round out the week in wrestling we'll talk about rich swan unifying the impact and tna championship of sacrifice marco you're kind of our uh, our resident expert on this stuff uh me and sheena admittedly did not get this pay-per-view how was the match with rich swan and moose that was awesome i i predicted wrong i think someone called me out on the uh facebook group um someone asked me i figured who it was someone asked me on twitter to like uh, oh, you guys made predictions for, uh, I forget what it was for, but you didn't do anything for, for impact. And I was like, oh, so I grabbed the, uh, I made, I made some quick predictions. Um, I was wrong on, on, on some of them. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely this one, I was wrong. I thought Moose was going to win. Um, judging off of his performance, he had, um, in that, that six man tag match that they had, uh, a couple months back, I thought he was going to be the one to, you know, face Kenny Omega, uh, but I was wrong. It's it's Rich Swan that's uh, uh, facing Kenny Omega, which I mean, now it kind of makes sense now because I mean, uh, I don't think he's going to win. If it is a title, ver- it's a title versus title, which leads leads me to believe that you know someone's taking a title when they yeah. win, and I think Kenny Omega is going to be taking. He's the title the, collector, uh, you know. Yeah. He's, he's going to be the, like the, or the belt a, collector. Yeah, he's like the Thanos of uh. Of yeah, the, he's getting all world. his infinity belts. Yeah, so, do you think Kenny Omega? You thinking he's going to grab the belts, Marco? I, I think so. I think that's happening, and I think actually the Good Brothers are going to do the same thing in AEW and take the AEW tag belts from the Young Bucks. So I think that's. I think it's kind of like a almost like a cross. Oh, they're doing cross promotion anyway. But I think that's that's the plan I see anyway um, for them to collect all the belts, and they lost their impact titles that night as well i picked that wrong too because i thought they were going to win but they mm-hmm. lost um but yeah so yeah it's a, i mean it's pretty exciting that they're actually doing this like you whenever when's the last time you seem like a title for title yeah two different i love promotions? it i, I love too. the whole world of wrestling being one big extended universe and I, you know I, I don't think it's ever going to happen at least as long as uh as vkm is is still got his heart beating but i yeah you know, i'd love to see WWE get involved with this also because it just it just makes anything possible. Yeah. You know, you well, never even, know I mean, they, they even mentioned, you know, they, he said, you're not the same. Like Don Callis mentioned that, you know, the youth bucks weren't the same bucks that we saw in new Japan. Like it's just, it's just so foreign to me to hear 
you know, wrestling promotion, like mention other promotions. Like it just always, yeah. it always, it always catches me <laughs> off guard, no matter how often it happens when they mention oh, yeah. impact and you know, all the things I'm like, Oh my God, like it's so weird, but I love it. It's I really think it's crazy so cool. for, uh, for people our age. Cause I remember as a kid, like, especially before the internet, like when a wrestler left WWF, they were just gone. Yeah. yeah. As if they, you know, unless they made a fake, unless they planet. made a fake option for them. Yeah. You know, a, <laughs> yeah. A, a dupe. <laughs> Yeah, there was never any any mention at all of the uh, the other companies. So yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, I'll still have to see what else is on the show uh, before I pull the trigger. But I'm at least open to the idea of buying a uh, an Impact pay per view. Uh, Sheena, what do you think of Rich Swan being this you know main event level talent? Yeah. Hey, it just go it just goes to show you that I mean. So here's the thing: we know that everybody that is in WWE are like some of the best wrestlers in the world. Like you cannot, you don't get to be in WWE without being like a top tier talent. You know, um, unfortunately, even though there's, you know, five hours of WWE programming a week, um, you know, with Braun SmackDown, like there's just not enough time for everybody to get their shine. And there's not enough titles for everybody to be able to prove what they're capable of where. So when, you know, some of these guys get released, you know, these smaller guys like, you know, Rich Swan, cruiserweights and whatnot. Um, they can go somewhere else and just freaking, you know, run rough shot through the through the company and just be a force, you know. Um, so it just it just goes to show you that the the roster at WWE is so bloated and so loaded that, you know, a lot of times the guys up there that were just like, what the hell, you know, like Rich Swan, like he he just kind of just blended in with everybody else. No shade to Rich Swan, but um, you know when he's an impact now, it's just like oh, you know he's really getting the time um, and the opportunity to show what he's what he can do. My all time Rich Swan favorite memory was when we found Elite Fifty Four Rich Swan on the pegs at uh, Pro City Walmart in I Hawaii. I remember that yep. Elite Fifty Four was this <laughs> weird set that for whatever reason showed up in Hawaii before anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like the boat stopped there first. Cause most of the time we were like, you know, anywhere from like four to six weeks behind the mainland. But elite, yeah. I remember elite 54 showed up first. I had a buddy that was a, uh, he worked at, for a vegetable company and he like basically stocked the vegetable sections at, the different um, targets and Walmarts and other grocery stores on Island. So he would be at the stores at like two o'clock in the morning. Um, this guy, we, we've referred to him as Pennywise Steve before on here, you know, so we'll, we'll save the, the whole story for a later date. But he, um, I remember he texted me at like, you know, two in the morning. and was like, Hey, elite 54 is at Walmart in, in downtown Honolulu, basically. So I went there at like six in the morning and I found everybody except rich Swan. And we were kind of bummed out that we lost out on him. But we went to another Walmart on the other side of the island later on that afternoon. And Sheena found him. And I remember Sheena dancing. I played Rich Swan's yes, music on my iPhone. I think iPhone I, had, I have and, that uh, video. Yeah, oh and Sheena was dancing yeah, in the aisle to, uh, you know, can you handle this? Yeah, can and it was It was this? cool because it's always cool when you, when you find a figure on the pegs out in the wild that you're hunting for. But it was especially cool because that Rich Swan ended up being pretty rare. Because he got released almost immediately yeah. after that set dropped. And they ended up pulling his figure out of the rest of the cases and they had extra Charlotte's. That's why that elite 54 Charlotte with the beautiful blue robe ended up being in the, the hall of fame of peg warmers. And that rich Swan ended up being pretty rare. Mm, so yeah, yeah at, at the time it was just kind of cool, but looking back, it was, a, it was actually a pretty epic find. Um, let's stick with the, uh, you know, I don't want to call them the minor leagues, but maybe like the, the, the step <laughs> below the, the big leagues. NWA is coming back this weekend. We got NWA back for the attack. It's their it. first pay-per-view since the end of 2019. Uh, the main events, Nick Aldis going up against 
Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow in WWE. Yeah. Uh, Marco, what, what's your thoughts on this, man? Um, I'm actually glad that they're back. I mean, same. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, ho- hopefully they, uh, you know, they follow through with the, um, uh, I think, do they have a television deal? I think I've read some. No, remember they're doing. Uh, remember they came out on YouTube every week. NWA Power was on YouTube each and every week. Yeah, that's right. I feel, I, I feel like I read that they were kind of like going to do like a television deal. I could be wrong about that, but yeah. No, uh, I, I think I'm, it's, I'm, as of right now, so it's going to be YouTube exclusive. Uh, I mean, even even better. Um, uh, the also Tyrus is making a return. If you guys don't know, yeah, former uh, Brodus. Yeah, Brodus. So he's going to be he's going to be on there as well. Uh, Thunder Rosa. Is actually um, she's in a number one contenders match, oh, yeah. um, NWA Women's Title number one contenders match. Um, so yeah, like I, like I mentioned before, it's I mean with Thunder Rosa just elevating two different um, brands, um, yeah. the women's division in both. So I mean, well, it, you, had, you had Serena Deeb come over too, you know. Um, yep, Serena Deeb, and you know, fight Sheeta. I think she fought Sheeta, right? And that was like their her best match. And uh, yep, uh, it, yeah, Thunder Rosa's facing Camille. She was actually with. Nick Aldis, she was kind of like his like bodyguard almost, um, and uh, yeah, and I mean uh, the Pope. If you guys know who the Pope is, he's uh, he's uh, uh, number one uh, NWA World Title uh, Television Title match. I believe that on that pay per view as well. So I mean, it's it looks like a, a pretty good card. I'm actually really excited that NWA is back. That's kind of like the um, like the alternative for if you if you're not an Impact fan, uh, yeah. most people enjoyed uh, NWA. I did with that old school feel and stuff like that. Oh yeah. yeah. We were, we were loving NWA. That was like our Tuesday routine every, every night. uh, I think it dropped about six o'clock in the evening on Tuesdays and we would throw up power and watch it before they went away. Um, yeah, we were, we were very big fans of what they were doing. I, I questioned it a little bit, bringing the, having a pay-per-view so soon after they came back, because Mm -hmm. the one thing about NWA, it is old school. Like you mentioned, Marco, and you got, it's a real slow burn getting to know those characters and stuff. So I feel like I need a couple months to get back into it. Um, before I'm ready to like buy a pay per view, but yeah, we bought you know we bought the Crockett Cup back in 2019. That was a really really that fun was show. So much I fun. did as well. Yeah, when they crowned the new awesome. tag team champions, and then we had uh, Marty Scurll and Nick Aldis in the main event. Yes, which yeah, Nick was Aldis a is a star. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it, I think your girl showed up too um, on that on that Crockett Cup. Yeah, Medusa um, was there. Yeah, Medusa oh, yeah. was there. Oh God, don't remind <laughs> us that that appearance of by Medusa. She looked like she had you know dementia or something. It was well, just, it was it was. I, I think I, it, I, Hey, we're not going to have any Medusa slander. Yeah, I think you're, uh, I think you're talking slander because uh, you know. Oh the back, my gosh! Back okay, story. if any if anybody wants to <laughs> defend me here, please go back and like find the YouTube clip or the you know I don't know Daily Motion or something. There's a clip out there somewhere of Medusa re- reading the women. She was like uh, introducing the women's match, and she had to read it off of her iPhone, and she was stumbling through it, couldn't pronounce anyone's name. Like I was just I was embarrassed for her. It so. was pretty bad when she busted out the iPhone. I knew we were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say it sounds like sounds like jealousy. That's what that oh, sounds like. Oh my me. god! Yeah. <laughs> she. She did. She did wink at Seth that time, and so uh, you know, I, I will never. I will never forgive her. You know, <laughs> yeah, NWA's back. More wrestling is always good. So, uh, if you guys are planning on checking it out, definitely give us a heads up. It's time for the weekly beverage break. Margo, tell us what you're sipping on this week. Um, sipping on two different beverages. I actually just finished one. At the I same time? 
Well, yeah, pretty much double fisted. Uh, oh, no, nice. um, <laughs> I had a uh, Guinness. Uh, they did like a special edition Guinness for uh, St. Patty's Day, uh, belated. Anyway, so I had that tonight as well as, uh, of course, local Lord Hobo. Um, it's a beer called uh, 617. It's a air- the area code around here. Uh, Hazy IPA. It's actually 6.17% alcohol. Holy. So that's pretty that. cool. Um, yeah, so those are my drinks of choice. Nice. Shana, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a local brew. Um, it's uh, here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It's by Wasserhound. And this is their purebred Pilsner. So uh, they have a, a full line of dog-related brews. So, you know, love them. They have like a Dachshund brew back in the fall. This has got a German Shepherd on the uh, on the can. So I'm, I'm all here for the dog brews. It says, this German Pilsner is pale, golden, and clear with a sweet and very mild spice aroma. While light-bodied beer, it's a full of flavor. So, yeah, it's got a little bit of bitterness with the hops, crisp finish. Uh, it's good stuff. Can't complain. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm sticking with the uh, the VA beer too. It took us a little bit to get into the Virginia beer scene, but we do have a very healthy craft beer scene here in the yeah. in the Hampton Roads Tidewater area. So I'm drinking Smart Mouth Brewing Company. They're out of Norfolk. It's their it's called Saturday Morning. It's a marshmallow India pale ale. Oh, that is so, so good. Yeah, it's Lucky Charms inspired. Uh, the, the tagline is nostalgically ridiculous. Uh, the one thing I like about it is that sometimes some of these. IPAs that get really adventurous on the flavors, they overdo it. You know, mm-hmm. me and Sheena tried one. From, I, for, I forget the uh, I forget the brewery, but the the beer it was just called the Bakery IPA. It was supposed to taste like cherry pie, and it was horrible. You know, it tasted like straight cough medicine. Um, I, I took like two sips, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm dumping this we out. Dumped and it I, out, and we, we it takes a lot for us to have to dump a beer. Exactly, I usually choke it down, even if it's uh, you know not the tastiest thing, but. Um, but yeah, this is uh, nostalgically ridiculous. If you get a chance to get it, grab it because it's, like I said, it's kind of just like a creamy IPA. That'd be the best way I can describe it. It's got a little hint of mm-hmm. like Lucky Charms marshmallow flavor, but for the most part, it's just a smooth drink. It's got IPA. fruity notes, which I think is like, you know, it's like reminiscent of the marshmallows and then it's got that creaminess. So yeah, it's just got fruity notes. It's not like super sweet or sugary or anything, but yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. So uh, if you're in Virginia, hit it up. I think I think they have pretty decent distribution across at least the eastern part of the United States, though. So and we've tried a handful of beers from Smart Mouth and mm-hmm. they're all delicious. So anything from Smart Mouth Brewing, it, it's definitely worth a try. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting back inside the squared circle. The New Day are now 11. Yes. 11 time tag team champions. That's that's ridiculous even saying that. Wow. Uh, Marco, what did you what did you think about them taking the belts from the Hurt Business? Um, I, I, I kind of, I don't want to say I knew it was going to happen, but I had a feeling, yeah. uh, that they're going to lose the titles at some point. They weren't really doing anything with them as far as, uh, being like dominating tag team champions. So, Which is unfortunate. We, yeah. You know? I mean, they're, they're I mean, obviously the Hurt Business has been like a, like a dominant faction on Raw and in, in the WWE as a whole. But, um, like I said, they weren't really, you know, too active with those titles. So I could see that WWE hates factions. I'm convinced in the, in the modern era, WWE just hates factions. They just can't let them, they just can't let them build. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, her business they, has definitely been the exception to the rule. Cause for every, for every hurt business, you got about four or five retributions. 
That's true. true. That's true. But I mean, right now with all with them with all the gold, like they have, they, like I feel like ever since they've all had the titles, it's just kind of been like it's it's been on the down slope. You know what I mean? Like ever since it's Bobby been the Bobby Show, yeah, it's been the Bobby Show, which I feel like is so stupid. Like I feel you know when Undisputed Era had all the titles, they always all came out together. Even when one of them was fighting, like they all came out to the entrance ramp and like you know like like they were just they're just a team, they're faction, they're brothers, you know. And then yeah, it definitely you, seems like it's been just. Bobby and MVP. Yeah, they the started belt. the show with freaking MVP and Bobby, and I was just like, "Where are where where are your faction mates, dude? You know what I mean? Like, why are they not out here with you? I mean, they have the freaking tag titles, you know? Yeah, and it, it, they they have so much to gain by having them out there. Like, they look so much more significant and so much more powerful and credible when they're out there with the world champ. So why wouldn't you put them out there? But it's you know, I, in my mind, you no, know, knowing what I know now, it's because Vince knew like oh we're gonna take the titles off of them so why would i have them standing next to my champion if they're just gonna lose later but i feel like it doesn't matter it shouldn't matter you know what i mean like they they've come this far together like why like separate them now i feel like they've really dissolved the hurt business in a way which like i just feel like is super unfortunate yeah we well, still got a few yeah. weeks left before mania so maybe they can uh just focus now on helping bobby retain the belt and start kicking drew's ass every week but yeah, I, I agree. It seems but like now the they're just like lackeys. Now they don't have any credibility. Like before they were like champions, you know, all of them were champions. And then you had MVP, which was the leader of champions. And yeah. I feel like that's just like a, a huge missed opportunity because, yeah, now it's going to be again, it's going to be the Bobby show and Bobby and his lackeys, you know. Um, shout out to Kofi and Xavier with the Scorpion and Sub-Zero inspired gear. That looks yeah, really, so really awesome. awesome. Hopefully it's uh it's far enough away from any kind of trademark violations that we can get figures <laughs> of those because those would be excellent. Yeah. Um, but right after they won the belts, we saw AJ Styles and the giant Omos come down <sighs> and confront them. And I guess AJ's just got that kind of stroke now. He declared that they're going to be fighting for the Raw Tag Team titles at WrestleMania. Sheena, what do you think about Omos' debut coming in a tag team match with AJ at Mania? I think it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what he can do. You know, I mean, he's ginormous so um again going back to the hurt business i feel like this is the only reason that the the hurt business dropped the the titles is because they wanted to have aj and almost uh you know fight at you know fast lane and wrestlemania and all the things you know but uh i just they can't go heel versus heel they needed a, a baby face tag team to go against aj and almost so yeah i think it's gonna be interesting i, I love aj of course uh but i don't know what he's gonna do with his you know big giant friend <laughs> So, Sheen, I'm going to drop a fun fact on you right now. So, Omos, you know, he's originally from Nigeria, but did you know he actually went to high school in Chesapeake? Oh, wow. No, I did not know that. For those that don't know, uh, you know, Virginia geography, Chesapeake's about eight or nine minutes away from from where me and Sheena live right now. Um, But, yeah, so he should be a good athlete. You know, he played college basketball, and he was a pretty good player, but it just didn't quite pan out for him going to the NBA. So I'm very interested to see what he does Mm. in his in-ring debut. Um, The last person like this that – basically skipped NXT and went straight to the main roster was Braun Strowman. And we saw how much of a, of a star Braun's become over the last few years. So yeah, yeah she'd be pretty interesting. This uh, is definitely Marco, a better you- gimmick than the, uh, than the ninja gimmick that he had for a little while, you know, <laughs> yeah, being, the giant ninja. <laughs> being a Kiritazawa's uh, ninja. So yeah, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Marco, what do you think is AJ and almost going to win the belts and almost debut? Um, I, I mean, I, I could care. I kind of care less about this match at all. Ouch! Um, Man. Yeah, it's not. 
I mean, it's Marco are you guys actually ex- on AJ Styles? Are you guys yeah. excited about this match? Are you gonna be? I am. I'm being honest. I don't. I'm not. I. It's New Day. I mean, to break kayfabe, transition champions. It seems like. Yeah, that's what it yeah. looks like anyway. And yeah. I mean, maybe, but I'm a I'm a mark for tag team wrestling, and it's this they're not awesome tag team though. AJ and Omos are not a. They've been together long team. enough. I feel like they they've been together long team. enough. Yeah, they haven't been in any matches though. To like. Do any tag so you, team moves? You think like, about comparison, you know. So we're only three years yeah. removed from Braun Strowman and Nicholas winning the tag team belts. Preach at uh, at WrestleMania. That's what this, so is. this is. This is a gigantic improvement over that. Um, yeah. And I'll take it. I'm interested to see what almost does. AJ's always solid gold in the ring, and we love the new day over here. So yeah, I am hyped for this match. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm probably the only person not hyped for this match. At all. all right. What are you what are you gonna do when you see almost like go up to the top rope and like, you know, dive out he's to the not, outside? He's not doing that at all. He's <laughs> you not don't know gonna, that. He's not going to aerial. He's gonna stand there and look scary. AJ Styles gonna work most of the match. I can I can I can play this match out for you guys if you want. The whole thing pretty much top to <laughs> we'll bottom. Save it for the uh the WrestleMania <laughs> predictions. Yeah. Speak we'll stick with Mania. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley is now official. Um, I got to ask, you know, this is I'm assuming that that Roman and Edge is going to be the main main event for WrestleMania. You know, they're going to close out the show on night two. But I got to think Drew and Lashley are closing on night one of Mania. Yeah. Why was this just a random announcement on Raw? You know, it's like Raw kicked off and then they show off a tweet. Wait, what, what, what's up with that, Marco? I'm going to be a, a Mr. Negative again and say it's not like main event worthy at all. Um, this match, it's not it's it was Dang. it was it was it was, the claws it was are coming ex- out for Marco tonight. <laughs> It was expressed like that for a reason that it's that they just threw it out there as oh by the way they're fighting each other for the for the you know title on a uh, media it wasn't like no build up at all it's like yeah there's no excitement for it I mean I'm hoping that this is not the main event and they actually you know there's a lot of a lot of social media people that want like uh, Sasha Banks and um uh, what do you oh, call it? I can see yeah. Bianca. I can see them yeah, switching a, a women's the, uh, a women's main match event. The main event. Um, I think yeah. that would. I feel like Charlotte Oscar is more likely to be to close out one of the nights than uh, yeah. So I mean, and Sasha and Bianca. I'm gonna, no like, I said, I'm gonna be honest. It's, I'm not excited for Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. I just feel like Man. I think we talked about this last week. I feel like they just want to recapture the moment where Drew McIntyre yeah. wins the title and there's a crowd there, which you can't anymore. He already won the title. It's not going to be his first time winning it. It's, it's going to be what his third time or fourth yeah. time getting the title it's, back. It's, it's to me, it's done. It's, it, you know, even though these guys, like I, I feel like they've they've encountered each other more than they probably have. It, to me, I, I I know what you're saying, Marco. I mean, I'm excited. I think this is going to be an incredible match, and I'll probably eat my words after it's over. As as much crap as I've talked about Bobby Lashley through the years. I mean, I've literally dragged Bobby Lashley in every way, shape, or form <laughs> yeah. on the on this show. <laughs> um, I am excited for this match, but I think um, I think this just feels like because of the way that for the last you know couple of years the way that Lashley and Drew have been presented to us on like Raw like we're like this is now the main event of Mania like these are like you know this is like the mid card of evil here you know what I mean we used to call them uh, when they were rolling with Baron Corbin we used to call it Baron Corbin and the channel changers and the channel changers yeah yeah it, it just it just feels like it, it feels like these guys, you know, obviously they've come a long way. And, um, you know, I think they're both deserving of this spot. But at the same time, like, I think we're kind of jaded in that way that we're just like oh, Drew and Bobby Lashley. Like, this is this is seriously like the main event of a Raw. This is not a, a mania main event. So I, I totally get where you're coming from with this. But yeah. I, I'm a little more excited than you are. 
You guys know how I feel. I I said it a couple weeks back. They just got the billion-dollar deal from Peacock. They need to back the Brinks truck up to the ranch in Canada. Let's get Brock Lesnar in this. How much (laughs) more epic would it be? I would be happy if that happened. Drew and Bobby Lashley in a triple threat match. Do you think that would be like the most weight in a ring at one time? Like the most humanity of three guys? Uh, Yokozuna and Mabel fought each other before. so (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 There's been more. All right, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, it's time for the latest round in the Chick Foley Show Prediction Championship. Sheena's been holding strong. She dominated at Revolution. She's going to get the pick first. We're going to kick off our Fastlane predictions with the Intercontinental Championship match. Big E defended against Apollo Crews. Sheena, what's your pick? Okay, so this match to me has the most, uh, out of this pay-per-view, which to me just is, uh, we're going to watch it. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be great. I don't want to be a negative Nancy but I feel like this pay-per-view just really is just a throwaway pay-per-view. Like, I don't even know why some of these matches are even happening. But um, I know we, we just got to get ourselves to Mania. You know, that's what this is here for. I feel like if there is a match where, you know, a title is going to change hands or something's going to happen, it is definitely going to be potentially this match. Um, I'm going to go with Big E. I think um, it's just... I'm hoping that him carrying this title is going to carry it through, you know, through the summer and possibly like, you know, catapult him into, you know, the main event scene come like the fall and late summer and stuff like that, because he he just they've separated him from the new day pretty much. You know, he's he's had so much momentum. We wanted to see a big E main event run. Um, and even though Apollo's got this new change of character and he's got a lot of, you know, the the winds are in his sails right right now. Um, and he's tough with all of his, you know new new nigerian uh accent and whatnot i think uh i think biggie's gonna take this one all right sheena's going with biggie to retain marco what's your pick uh yeah i mean that's not too hard definitely biggie is gonna win this i mean you could go with a paul cruz and his new uh his new gimmick that he has but um i think that's just trying to like throw you off a little bit if yeah. anything but yeah no, definitely biggie i mean dude's money all around Presence, Mike Skills, in ring, uh, former NXT champion, multiple time tag team champion. I mean, no, he's he's definitely winning this. I actually disagree with you guys. I think Apollo Crews Whoa. is going to take the belt. What? If you look back at the last two years on the road to WrestleMania, the babyface Intercontinental Champion has lost the title. Going into WrestleMania 35 in New York, Finn Balor lost the belt to Bobby Lashley before regaining it at the big show. And then last year, uh, Braun Strowman lost the Intercontinental title at Inter- Elimination Chamber, which was the last show before WrestleMania. So I think Big E's actually going to drop this one. And then I think he's going to regain it at WrestleMania in the rematch. You know, babyface is always get an XP boost going into WrestleMania. If you look <laughs> at kayfabe facts. Yeah. So I'm picking Big E to drop the belt, but then win the rematch at Mania. Okay. All right. It's time for the women's tag team championship match. Nia and Shayna. Do, do we actually have a tag team name for them or is it still just Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler? 
It's Shania Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Shania. Okay. Shania. Shania. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, that, that's my tasker for you guys for the next week. When we come back next week, I want a tag team name for each of you guys for this one. Shania's okay. pretty good. That's yeah. it. Uh, they're going up against Shania. Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Again, we've talked about it before. Anytime rivals have are teaming up to win the belts, they get an XP boost. We already know Bianca and Sasha are going head to head at WrestleMania. Marco, what's your pick for this match? Um, I'm going to go with, obviously, the dominant, the powerful Team Shania. Is, uh, they're going to retain. They're not losing the titles at all, uh, especially for before WrestleMania. Uh, I'm not sure if they're defending them at WrestleMania at all, but I just don't think they're losing at all. I think it's just going to, you know, Bianca and Sasha are going to team up. One of them's going to take the dive, and then, you know, it's going to be, you know, an all-out feud um, from then on. You're going to definitely establish who's the who's the heel and who's the baby face um by the end of this match but yeah definitely Nia and Shayna are, are retaining Shayna you're up yeah I, I don't have any argument against that I don't there's no reason for um Bianca and Sasha to win this you know breaking kayfabe here um and the, I mean they're fighting next month at Wrestlemania so it, it just doesn't make sense so yeah definitely Nia and Shayna to retain here I don't have a solid read on this match. My only hope is that somehow Reginald gets involved and gets completely demolished to where he's off our screen for months. I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I'm tired <laughs> of seeing this guy in the, the main event storylines of the the women's division on SmackDown. You, you like, are not alone. I have seen him. I have seen so much Reginald hate this week. I think everybody. I think it just kind of came to a head this week, and everybody's just like, dude. Again, no no offense to the character or the guy who plays Reginald, but. We it's no get him away. From he's us. bringing things down a whole level. You know, yes. he's like a yes. to me. He's like a C level character, but somehow he's being presented as like an integral part of this. You know, really the biggest storyline going on SmackDown in the women's division. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's yeah let's see something wrong. Let's see Nia Jax hit him with like a leg drop through a table or something. Na- Nia you know, Jax might rid- actually put him out of commission though. That's the thing. You never know. Nia might actually injure him. All right. Up next, we got. What I think is in, in the history of the Chick Foley Show prediction championships, <laughs> this is probably going to be the trickiest one to predict. Um, yeah. I'm not sure, even sure if the bell is going to ring on this match. We got an intergender match with Alexa <laughs> Bliss going against Randy Orton. Um, again, in the in the interest of, of competition, I'm going to ask you to pick a winner, Sheen, even though I'm very skeptical that... This actually goes to a finish. Mm-hmm. Who are you picking between the, the Viper and uh, Little Miss Bliss? I mean, this is, like you said, this is the most odd match that <laughs> I think we've had to to pick. And I think um, I'm going with Miss Bliss. I'm going with Alexa. Um, just because I think the, 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 you know, we know what Randy's capable of. Randy's got his moveset. We, we know what, you know, we know Randy's, uh, his boundaries. You know what I mean? Alexa, like we don't even know what she's capable of at this point. We don't even know what the fiend is capable of doing through her. So I, I mean, it, it would be dumb for me not to pick Alexa. I think. Marco, what's your pick? Yeah, no, definitely Alexa blesses. I'm not sure she's winning this match, but she's going to be the, the Victor question mark in this match. I guess I'm not sure how I'm, I'm not sure he's yeah. going to get pinned at all, but definitely, you know, Definitely something's happening. There's going to be a, you know, someone's going to make an appearance besides Alexa Bliss, I think. Do you think this is going to be a cinematic experience? 
I think I think it's going to be in ring. I think it's going to be both. I think it's going to be in ring, but it's going to have some cinematic um, element to it. Okay. To set up a uh, a, a certain someone or something uh, to make its return just in time for WrestleMania. Very true. Do you guys think uh, the fiend? So yeah, I think it's almost guaranteed the fiend is going to be back. Do you think he's going to have a brand new look, or is he going to be the the same old fiend? <sighs> mm, that's a good question. Look. I think yeah, I think, I think I think I think a new a new finish on the old fiend would be would be a yeah, good way to on, go. Yeah, we're going on three months since he's been out, so I definitely think it'd be a letdown if it was the same old fiend. I'm cool with just a tweak, you yeah. know, maybe a slight adjust on the the color scheme, but yeah, but he's definitely got to come with something because it's you know he was really the dominant character for the middle of 2019 through all of 2020. So we got to see a uh, you know something after after being sitting on fire. You know, you can't just come back like nothing happened. Uh, 100%. I think he definitely needs a new, uh, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, just something subtle, you know, but an, a new, uh, I mean, they got to make new action figures of the Fiend at some point, you know what I mean? Yep. So yep. he's got to have a new look. All right, up next, we got the grudge match. Seamus against Drew McIntyre. Marco, you're up first. Oh, boy. Um, this one kind of swayed me a little bit, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Drew um, to win just to get a nice uh, momentum boost going into WrestleMania. Um, I almost went with Sheamus just to, just because they could be like, oh, Sheamus won. What does that do to the main event pitcher at WrestleMania that he beat the number one contender, that type of thing. But I don't think they go on that route. Um, I think Drew's in a, it's going to be, obviously they're going to beat the crap out of each other. It's not going to be like a squash match by any means, but uh, Drew, I'm picking Drew as the winner of this match. There's a lot of pressure on this match because, you know, Drew said on Monday night that they're going to go to a level of physicality that the fans haven't seen before. And they're competing in the same week that we saw the vicious, vicious match between Thunder Rosa and Britt yeah. Baker on yep. Wednesday night. So yeah. they're going to yeah. have to really show out. Um, so the pressure's on. I'm sure they'll deliver. Sheena, what's your pick? Yeah, um, so far... Marco and I have been in agreement on every match. And I think, I mean, I know this doesn't make for very interesting podcasting because, I mean, you know, I, I like to debate some things, but I can't, I can't bet against Drew, you know, the, the month before WrestleMania, especially, I mean, Sheamus has gotten some, you know, you can never take Sheamus, like when he's in this um, position, you can never count him out of, you know, a main title run. Right. But at the same time, like they've already announced Drew versus Bobby. And I just think, it, it wouldn't make any sense unless something unless Bobby gets involved somehow and kind of like screws Drew. Um, I can't see any reason for them to have Seamus beat Drew here. So I'm going with Drew. All right. It's main event time. There is a wild card to this match. This is going to be Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. This is the Fastlane yes. rematch six years in the mm-hmm. making. They were the main event of the first ever fast lane back in 2015. Uh, the one wild card is Jay Uso and Edge are going to be going one on one on Friday night, and the winner is going to be the special enforcer. We know enforcer is basically like the secondary referee, and they almost always end up having to be the regular referee. Most famously at WrestleMania 14 between Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin when Mike Tyson was the enforcer. But it's Daniel Bryan going up against Roman for the Universal Championship. Sheena, you're up first. What's your pick? I mean, I'm definitely not going to pick against the Tribal Chief. Um, I love Daniel Bryan. I am a huge Daniel Bryan fan. Um, but it just, to me, Roman is the man. He is going to, you know, defend his title. He is, he is a fighting champion, and I just feel like 
everything's coming up Roman, you know. I think he's just he's he's just not going to get beat no way shape or form. So I'm going with Roman. Marco. Oh boy. Um <laughs> This is it's a, it's that match we haven't seen yet. Um cuz it's not happening until tomorrow night, so we don't know who the enforcer is going to be uh for this match which well, we can play either way. Um, I, I play I mean, this like if, this. But if Edge, but if Edge is like Edge, uh, clearly doesn't want Edge wants to fight Roman. You know what I mean? So why yeah. he's not going to help Daniel Bryan? Jay Uso wants to. Jay Uso's, you know, he's Roman's henchman. So why would he help Daniel Bryan? You know. So I think I, I, I think both of them are against Daniel Bryan. So he's kind of. I get that, but a mistake can happen. True. Someone can get a pin and win. And possibly make it a triple threat match at uh, WrestleMania. Um, would you guys, would you guys be excited really quickly while Marco's sorting out his prediction? Would you guys be <laughs> excited for a triple threat, Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Roman at Mania? Or are you wanting to see like straight up Roman versus Edge? I always prefer a one-on-one match here at WrestleMania yeah, in the main event. Exactly. You know, triple threats can be cool sometimes, but I'm, I'm a purist. At main event of WrestleMania needs to be a one-on-one match. It it is scary because you know if 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 Daniel Bryan does win, he is one and zero in triple threat matches at a Mania main event. Ooh, so he has that facts. above. He has above. He has that above uh, Roman Reigns and Edge. Um, Roman so, Reigns, the one triple threat match he had at Mania, he took the curb stomp and the pin to Seth Rollins. Yep. yep. Um, but no, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns <laughs> after all that. Um, He's de- he's he's steamrolling everyone on the way to. I mean the the Reigns train is not stopping for anyone. If you're not on it already, you, yeah, you're, you're too late. late. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to get on it. He's he's steamrolling right into media, and he's facing Edge. It's spare versus spare. That's going to happen. But just All right, that, so we, now so that, now we need a tiebreaker. What, oh, what no, can yeah, be definitely. yeah? What can be our tiebreaker, Seth, for <laughs> the prediction championship? Because clearly all the matches got picked. Which, which is kind of to be expected for these type of matches. Again, I don't, I don't think it, nothing crazy is going to happen. I mean, I guess you know, never say never. It could nothing so crazy is going to happen. I won't risk. I, I won't risk you guys um, having the same match again. Sheena, you're the champ, so it's going to be in your hands. The tiebreaker is going to be who is going to be the special enforcer in the Roman and oh. Daniel Bryan match. Is it going to be actually? You know what? You know what? No, because I don't want it to be determined Friday night. Here's what we're going to do. Sheena, it's up to you, okay? The rumors have been out there that Jimmy Uso is healthy and is ready to return. Mm. The whole the whole Chick Foley prediction championship is residing on this one oh question. My God. Sheena, oh my God. will Jimmy Uso appear at Fastlane? Yes or no? Mm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We're, what sources are saying this? <laughs> it, it's out there. Yeah, it, it, he's been training and all that stuff. So yeah, he's he's. We haven't seen him since Hell in the Cell when Roman choked him out. But rumors are that he's ready to return. Yeah, um, and yeah. So and anything, if he's just a back, even a backstage interview counts. But will we see Jimmy Uso live oh, on Fastlane? What, what if they do some twin magic on uh, at Fastlane? Exactly. Um, or at or at SmackDown. Uh, that's that's going to be the tiebreaker. Will Jimmy Uso? Because he's the last piece of the puzzle for you know the the Samoan yeah. squat team that they got going oh, right now. So yeah. so let's hear it, Shane. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because I like I just don't think they're gonna give us what we want. To me, that sounds awesome. 
if you can always Jimmy save it for mania too you know save yeah. jimmy for mania yeah i think you know they're they're definitely not going to maybe but i mean that might be the thing that they do to set this show apart you know everybody's kind of just being like eh, you know what's the deal with this show but that might be the thing that they do to pull it out and make it uh make it cool so but i'm still going no i don't think he's going to show up i think we're all going to be waiting for it and it's not going to happen all right so that's it the foley the chick foley show prediction championship will come down to jimmy uso appearing or not at fast at the very last match so what happens if he appears on friday i still i lose still it's we're talking about sunday if jimmy uso is on sunday you win if he's not you lose okay Check out the Pyramid Wrestling Podcast. Each week, we dive deep into all things wrestling action figures. From AEW Unrivaled, WWE Mattel Elite, our childhood WWF, WCW, ECW collections, and more, you can also find Pyramid Wrestling on YouTube. That's Pyramid Wrestling, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Go Figures, where we cover the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling figures and talk about what we've each added to our own personal collections. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by our good friends at Ringside Collectibles, the number one worldwide retailer in wrestling figures. Use code Chick Foley to save 10% on all your orders at Ringside. And here we go. All right, before we get into this week of wrestling figure news, Marco, I think you got something special to announce with our our new official figtographer of the Chick Foley show. Yeah, so um uh yeah, so we have a new addition to the uh the Chick Foley show. Um so uh Figure Kingdom, if you guys are familiar with his work, uh we uh he's the official uh figtographer of the Chick Foley show now. Um yes. so yeah, he's he's uh he's he's been in our group and everything like that. And he does these uh behind the scenes videos of all his shoots and stuff really, like that. Really, really so, cool. Yeah. yeah. So we get we get to see they like They made first me feel hand. bad about myself for the like wrestling <laughs> figure photos that I take. <laughs> I know. They, I think they make a lot of people feel bad after they see uh what he produces. But uh um he he actually did a uh cover photo for um our Black History Month um, yeah. Patreon episode we did. I'm which super was excited to collaborate really awesome. with him on more stuff like that because yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so like obviously we, you know, we have this figure set. We have Go Figure as a as a as a section of our show. So I figured maybe we could have like a, you know, some some cover photos we do will be will be figure based and stuff like that. So um, I hit up Figure Kingdom and he was on board with it. So yeah, he's going to be our official official guy. He uh, he's going to be do some uh, sweet promotional uh, pictures and stuff like that, and you know, uh, behind the scenes stuff. He does post some on on Twitter too, so you get to mm-hmm. see some behind the scenes stuff as well and. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's to have got him that board. awesome. He's got that awesome new logo from our buddy Extra Cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's it's pretty amazing, actually. It's uh, it's it's it fits uh, the design that he had before. Um, about if you guys are familiar with it, I uh, it's kind of updated a little bit. So yeah, yeah, super excited to have him on board, and we can't wait to collaborate on some uh, some ideas with him. Awesome. So what all we got for figure news this week, Marco? All right, so uh, I think the big news is, I, I mean, we heard this last year or the year before, but uh, Toys R Us yeah. <laughs> possibly uh, making a return. Um, do you guys read up on this at all? Or They're, they're just the worst that so will you, not die. You know, we're, uh, yeah, you know, we're big <laughs> Peanuts fans over here. Like Charlie Brown is just something that I've loved my entire life. And all I can think about is Lucy holding that football for yep. Charlie Brown. You know, every <laughs> single time he thinks he's going to get to – Finally kick it and really sing his teeth into it. And at the last second, Lucy pulls it away. So 
consider me. Um, I I would normally say I'm 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 cautiously, cautiously. optimistic, but this time. I'm just apprehensive, man. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna get my hopes up one level, man. Yeah. I, uh, and I'm gonna get let down. You know, they did, they were able to reboot, um, you know, the last year and a half, and they had those two stores there on the East Coast, but it ended up uh, crapping out after the holiday season ended and then the, the pandemic started, started coming down. So I don't know. Obviously, if it happens, I'll be thrilled. No one will be more happier to see Toys R Us come back yeah. than me. It's been such a huge part of my life, um, you know, since I was a kid. But I'm just extremely, extremely uh, skeptic, uh, skeptical if of it, this. If it Sheena, could, what do you think? If it could not make a comeback when the economy was booming and things were like, you know, just kicking ass, um, I think it's it's definitely not going to come back in this like, you know, valley of the pandemic that we're living in now where they're only going to be able to allow to have a certain amount of people in the store. Like, it's just it's just not conducive to bringing these types of things like brick and mortar stores back like the brick and mortar store. It's It's just. You know, not a not a good time for for that. As much as I hate to say that, and kind of bring bring the mood down a little bit. Um, I'm hoping. I mean, I'm hoping. Again, we'll be so happy if it happens, but not hopeful. Yeah, I I think they were talking about like a like a a holiday season open. I'm not sure if it was this holiday season or next holiday season. I, I would. Possibly, I would definitely see like a next next year, maybe not this year. It seems. Didn't kinda, they do? They did a collaboration you know, with like Kroger, didn't they? Like year last year, year not not wasn't last year, but year before. I think last. That was like two years ago. I think yeah. that was like the end of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, yeah they, they, did like, they did like a little pop up in Kroger yes. stores where they had like a Toys R Us like section in Kroger stores. Yeah, this was like a legit like full blown like stores like coming back type of thing. So yeah, um, I mean it'd be pretty cool. I mean just to see like you know. Walking down the walking down that aisle, yeah, it's, it's, all those it's, profile. yeah. It's unfortunate that they ever had to go out of business in the first place. I mean, Toys R Us stores were profitable. You know what I mean? It's always it's always those damn businessmen that just get you yeah. in some freaking cro- <laughs> crooked ass deals, dude, and just ruin it for everyone. You know, the, those, those higher ups. And I think a lot of people see like the ba- like. I'm not sure if there's been any backlash at all. I'm just assuming, uh, just from my personal uh, shopping experiences. But walking into like a Walmart and walking into like a Target, you know, walking down the toy aisle, we all have kids. We have to, we peruse down those aisles and it's, they're not, you know, it's not the same at all. It's not the same experience that you would get if you're walking, like if you're inside no, a toy. It's us. not the, the variety of toys. I feel like the toy sections at the toy sections at Target and Walmart have looked the same for like 10 years now. I can literally go into Target and buy a toy that was there. Eight years ago. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm, it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but there's the same like, you know, just BS there. Melissa and Doug toys. Like it always just looks the same. There's nothing new. There's nothing exciting. At least with Toys R Us, like you get a wide variety of like toy makers and, you know, brands and all of these kind of stuff, you know, but w- with the limited amount of like retail space in um, targets and Walmarts. I mean, they literally, yeah. they have to, they have to stay with the brands that they know are going to sell. And like, you know, those, that they keep the top items from those brands. You know what I mean? So if they, if they sponsor Melissa and Doug, I, I say that because I have little kids and like, you know, that's one of the brands that we buy, but if they have Melissa and Doug, like they're going to take, take the top five SKUs from Melissa and Doug and keep them in target as, as long as those are the top five SKUs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not good. They're not going to just change it out just because it's a different season or a different year. Um, and so, yeah, they've looked the same. It's just, it's just not the same experience. 
it's really killed us on getting those big play sets and the um, yep. the unique items. You know, like when Toys R Us was around, we were getting, um, you know, Hell in the Cell play sets, Elimination Chamber play sets. Mm-hmm. We got uh, we got the the Extreme Cage that came with all of Dean Ambrose's um, weapons. You know, from the Asylum match with Chris Jericho, we were getting stuff like that. Yeah, and you like, even just got it, weird but- stuff. Like remember that like three foot tall John Cena and Seth Rollins yeah. that they had yeah. like, <laughs> stuff that you would never you would never see at Walmart. You know, exactly. just like the most random WWE merch of all time. We had um, you think about the Elite Two Packs, you know, that have been coming out for the last year and a half now. Those have never been on retail shelves for all intents and purposes. Those have been um, online exclusives just because Target and Walmart have not had the shelf space to carry them. So that's the kind of stuff that we would have if we still had Toys R Us around. So mm-hmm. um, I'm rooting for them, but I just you know, I think they're just trying to they're they're trying to make something happen that it, it's just already passed, you know. So maybe yeah. maybe they'll come back, but I'm, I'm I just. I doubt it. Yeah. That's how let's go. I feel like we should play like it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. I feel like we need, we should, we should have had that queued up on the sound board right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I can hear it playing in my mind right now. Dude, I still, it still hits me in the field spot every time I go buying old Toys R Us, man. I, I freaking love Toys R Us. It's, it was the best. Well, yeah, I get it. When you, when you see like in Canada, you see all those Toys R Us stores where, yeah, they're loaded packed up, to man. the brim with figures. You're like, why can't we have that? Yeah, here? well, and we the worst thing—the nice worst thing is about Toys R Us—is they're still just like skeletons. Like they're still just hanging around. Like the only thing that ever goes in there is like Spirit Halloween, and they don't even take down the remnants of the old Toys R Us. Like you know, you can yeah. still see like the 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 paint, like where the paint was like you know faded from you know the old Toys R Us signage and logos and stuff, and uh, they just like throw up a sign over it. So yeah, they're just like you you still see the bones of Toys R Us every time you you drive by it. So it's just a constant reminder of what used I miss to be. It, man. I miss yeah. it so bad. I can, I can still smell Toys R Us, man. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, it's not even that too. Like, not to stay on this even longer, but like, even with that Babies R Us, like oh, a lot yeah. of the registry stuff. I, I mean, that I have for my children are from from Babies yes. R Us. Yeah. So like, it's like even that like connection too. Like your kids, like you, they have like you know furniture, or, you know, some type of like. Uh, monitor or something like that. that they oh got yeah, we were we were hurting registry, whenever so Babies R Us closed down on the island because there's very limited like resources on on the island, you know. So Babies R Us was like a huge. I hate to use the word hub. It was like a huge. <laughs> it was a huge hub. There we go for, again for all things hub. like for all things baby. Like you know, I mean, if you needed a certain kind of sippy cup or a certain kind of because like again, they had the space. They were specifically designed for that kind of stuff. So yep. they just they just had everything that you needed. Um, and then when they closed down, we, we were literally just limited to walmart and target and it was yeah. like what what the hell you know so yeah uh, it's it sucks that it popped up in my memories the other day when i took brett to toys r us for the last time um you know we went figure hunting yeah. one last time he was rocking his uh fully posable wrestling figure podcast shirt and uh yeah it just hit me right in the field spot because yeah after they after they did that they took all the signage down and everything and it was r.i.p to toys r us sad news mm-hmm. all right well i guess i will chalk this up as a uh as an L um, for our Toys R Us for now. Anyway, until they, they might prove us wrong. Who knows? It might, it might kick out at almost a three count. So we'll see what happens. Um, So we'll move on to the uh, new Mattel reveals that happened this past, this past week. Um, Got some top picks. Um, I know uh, a lot of people are kind of like top picks, but uh, there was a pretty cool reveal out of the topics. The uh, it was John Cena, retro John Cena. Um, also, we had uh, Rey Mysterio, um, Roman Reigns, and Drew McIntyre. That rounds out the uh, the topics 
so the Roman looked like it was a re-release from Elite 84. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. All the Drews are similar. You know, I, I don't need another <laughs> Drew Elite until we get Drew with the uh, with the kilt and the sword. Kilt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the next Drew that I'm going with. And, it, and if that's an Ultimate Edition, I'm cool with that, too. But uh, the Ray and the Cena were really cool. Ray was from his return at the Royal Rumble 2018, yep. which I'm surprised it took this long to get that figure because we've gotten a few modern era Rays, but for whatever reason, they hadn't done the return figure till now. The Cena was awesome. To my knowledge, that's the first flashback figure that we've gotten in the top picks line. But so. I'm definitely adding that figure. Yeah, it's, you know, he's got the word life, got the pinky hands. He's got the classic WWF logo on, on the shirt and on the, uh, you know, the, 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 the brass knuckles. Yeah, the yep. hat, like... Really, really cool figure. Um, that's definitely the standout for this set. What about you, Sheen? What did you think of the new Top Picks? Yeah, I'm here for it. Like you said, um, you know, a couple of things that are familiar, but I mean, that's to be expected from Top Picks. But yeah, that Cena is a, is a must-have. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, we get some type of... The next Ray we get is a one-eyed Ray. Don't remind me. We need the eyeballs like, popped out also. No, well, we have a Messiah, uh, Seth Rollins, coming with the, uh, the Ray Mysterio gear, so... We definitely need a Ray Mysterio from. We need that, a Ray. We need a Ray feud. and Aaliyah two pack. Yeah, Aaliyah and uh, we're definitely going to Dominic Mysterio. At some I point. want the whole family so. making a four pack. I want the mom with the the Louis Vuitton from head to toe. You know, I know. And we need we we <laughs> need Ray, we need Ray with the Louis Vuitton mask. You know, like the the Louis logo mask for just sure. The Mysterio family four pack. Yeah, That's just gu- they're just Gucci'd and Louis from head to toe. <laughs> action action yeah. figure. You hear that? If you listen, <laughs> get get going. Get that. Oh get yeah, that there's started. there's yeah there's plenty of knockoff <laughs> logos out there that he could take inspiration from. So yeah, yeah that, that would that wouldn't be a problem. He wouldn't have to actually do the you know the gucci and the louis logo he could just pick one of the the copycats yeah let's modify it a little bit yeah um but yeah so we'll uh, move on to the uh beast mode series two this is more for the uh for the kiddies uh the wwe uh the the younger never, under, WWE never underestimate the power um, of collectors yeah so uh i mean th- th- these are pretty cool actually i uh i'll probably get these for my for my kids because they like to play with like my some of the wrestling figures that i have strewn about like i have a I have everyone has an LJN just popping around somewhere. That's what I have a Hogan one. It's My funny that you it say that. We literally, yeah, Brett was literally just playing with the Hogan LJN this weekend. Yeah, I, that's like a goat. Like that's the first thing they gravitate gravitate mm-hmm. towards is the uh, the Hogan LJN for some odd reason. And then I have like an extra Keith Lee um, figure that I that they like to play with too. So, um, but yeah, I, I like these ones too because they're you know they, obviously they they look more kid friendly and stuff like that. They do have small yeah. parts, so obviously if you have smaller children, don't purchases for them but uh what do you guys think i think these are pretty cool actually they're neat i just got a huge issue with blind boxes man i I can't get down with the blind box dude it's just it's like because i i gotta imagine these things are gonna be like eight or nine bucks at least yeah yeah i would just be sick of my stomach if i spent nine bucks and got the same bray wyatt figure that i already had you know yeah. yeah, well, you know, there's like all those like hardcore nerds out there that like break down the order of the blind boxes. You know what I mean? So if you can find like a fresh case, a fresh blind box, right. you know, you, you'll you'll know what you're getting. But that's the thing. You never know if it's a fresh one unless there unless there's like cellophane on the outside. Like you're never going to know if you got a fresh box, you know? Yeah, it's true. But yeah, they do look really cool. It looks like they like snap together. I've never had one of these in hand, but, um, you know, we got Undertaker. There's like Rock freaking um, Becky. The new day, uh, yeah, Seth Rollins. These look, these look really cool. Set or Brett would love, love, love these. He would, oh, yeah, he would have a blast with these little guys. Yeah, they uh, they also announced the um, the the, the, the Reckon series, I call it, 
the uh, the wrecking kickout ring. Did you guys see this as well? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Like I said, we got we have enough rings here that we don't need to add another ring to the collection. But you know, any of the gimmick rings are always fun for little kids. Ton of playability with these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the uh, it's like kind of like a giant ring bell um, attached to the side of it. When you press it, it like it obviously you have your guys kick out and stuff. But they also also have like a uh, like almost like a uh, belt on a pole match. One of the yeah. uh, posts. Did you guys see this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, <I> did. yeah. <laughs> it's like scaffolding. Yeah, it's like a scaffold in the arm poking out. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do your own. Uh, like I said, anything. You can on put. A pole you can put anything you. on a pole match. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like the little catapults in the middle of the ring. That's uh, the first thing I thought of when I seen. It. I was like, oh my god, we can start doing anything. Coal miners uh, glove on a pole match. <laughs> yeah. It's a sonic. Uh, a sonic golden ring on a pole match. Uh, that you could. Uh, yeah. The G- Yeah. That's actually we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Scorpio Sky. He's getting a lot of uh, Twitter, <gasps> Twitter uh, memes thrown at him with the uh, the Sonic ring. What's well, funny? It's funny because if there was <laughs> if there would have been a shot of him and uh, the butcher out there, it would be like him and Doctor Robotnik. You yeah, know? Wow. like actually, <laughs> the butcher. Like that, that was my first thought when the butcher came out. I was like, oh yeah, we got Doctor Robotnik in this uh, <laughs> golden ring match. You know? Yeah, he, he, yeah. He, uh, he was basically talking about like yeah, a lot of people were joking about the uh, Sonic ring. He was like. But then he was, he said it was heavy as hell. The hemorrhoid cushion. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Marco, going back to uh, Basic Series 120 reveal, the, I think Scarlet was a standout from that set. Which figure are you going with? Are you going with the Basic uh, in the, the black cat suit? Or are you going with the Chase in her, her ring gear? Uh, probably the black cat suit. Cat suit uh, is I agree. awesome. Actually, you know what? Yeah, because yeah, I kind of skipped that one because I didn't want to talk about it. But let's just go at it. Shawn Michaels. The bald, uh, we got the yeah. hard bald kid. Yeah, what's, what's yeah, the hard what's the bald kid? That? That's the less said, the better, I think. Yeah. If uh, that- our buddies Pyramid Wrestling, um, members of the of the Pod Foundation, definitely recommend you guys checking them out. They went hard on. We really can't. Um, I don't think we could top what they said. They definitely put the kibosh on any potential hair club for men or uh, or Propecia sponsorship <laughs> for the Chick Fil A show. So hit up uh, hit up Pyramid Wrestling to hear their take on on the ball Shawn Michaels figure. Yeah, that's why I kind of skipped this one because they kind of like went in on it. But uh, even the Edge figure was kind of, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, that was it. The Edge figure was a tricky figure to do, anyways, because he was in like a, a tan colored t shirt that was basically like one degree off of regular skin color. But it was like then a, nude, went, a nude color almost. Yeah. And they kind of cheaped out on this by just painting the attire Painting's on. Best. Yeah. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't like a sculpted t shirt. It was just painted on a regular, like, you know, nude torso. And it's just, it's awful. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I don't even. Carrying Cross looks weird. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll, like he I said, looks, we'll skip. He looks small. We'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. He looks skinny yeah. and like mm-hmm. know, compared to the the elite figure that they that's uh, on pre order right now at ringside. Obviously, we we love everything that Mattel does, and basics have their purpose. You know, you yeah. need cheaper figures for yeah. kids to get to play with. Um, you know, our son Brett loves to take his basics out in the backyard and just beat the hell out of them. And, and that's what they're there for. So we definitely don't put as much of a critical eye on them, but I, I, Scarlet's the only one that we're really endorsing you guys to add to your collection out of a, at a basic one twenty. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll move on to the main event. Um, three sixteen day, this was announced. Um, so you guys can pretty much guess what it was. Ultimate edition series nine yeah. featuring stone cold, Steve Austin. 
and the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Um, what do you guys say? I, 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 a lot of people are saying this. I'm probably going to agree. Uh, best Ric Flair figure of all time, probably. Yeah, this, I'll double this, down. This I'll say like it was it. the it, it's the best Ric Flair and also the best Steve Austin figure. Yeah, we've ever got. Both yeah. figures are incredible. Um, the Ric Flair looks awesome with the pink robe. I love that. Pink he has the four. So he does the he has mm-hmm. the uh, four horseman hands. Just yeah, really I really cool. think that's that's the two looks I think of when I think like 1980s peak Ric Flair is like the pink and purple, and then like you know the baby blue. the baby blue gear. Um, yeah. but awesome, awesome figure comes with the four horseman hands. Steve Austin's incredible. You know, there's not a whole lot you can do with Steve Austin because he's just black gear, black leather vest, but he's obviously got the increased articulation of the Ultimate Edition. Yep. We still don't, we cool, still don't got we still don't got middle finger hands, dude. It's that's true, not happening. If you go in the uh if you go in, if you're a member of the Chick Foley show Patreon, uh there's a a recipe in the Facebook group for how to make the uh, the middle finger hands at home. Um one cool thing about this figure that hasn't been super well publicized that I, I discovered on the WrestleFix forums is that you guys saw the Austin three sixteen shirt that comes with them is yeah. one of the first Mattel t shirts that has print on the front and the back. Yeah, it's got yeah. the Austin three sixteen on the front and the skull in the, the back. Skull in the and, back yeah. yeah, and our buddy Action Figure Attack actually said that this is this this shirt has some elasticity built into it. So you're gonna be able to take it on and off just like you would a shirt if you were wearing it yourself, you know. Um and Pretty much the entire history of wrestling figure clothing, it's always been some sort of Velcro, Velcro enclosure, whether on the side or on the yeah. back. But this one is uh, going to be stretching enough to where you can take it on and off. So that's pretty cool. Um, and if that's something that they can incorporate going forward, I think that's really going to be a game changer for soft goods and wrestling gear. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love both figures. Cannot wait to get them in hand. A lo- yeah, a lot of people. Uh, I've seen a couple of people say like, "Oh, they could have added the." The, the skull on the back had like the smoke coming out of the eyes, but I don't think the original t-shirt had smoke coming out yeah, of the it eyes. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. That was the yeah. that was like kind of one point version one point one. Yeah, so that's the original like the that shirt that's with this figure is the original Austin three sixteen, but just the skull on the back, not yep. and the if you look this is awesome with eyes. with the Ultimate Edition has one knee brace. So this is early on in Austin's rise. You know, it wasn't until later on when he had both knee braces. So this yeah. is like a, a uh, you know, this is definitely Steve Austin, like right after he, this is like an early 1998 version of, yeah, of when uh, he, like, the probably, Texas Rattlesnake. Yeah, when he just won like the title because he has like the, the baseball cap and all that stuff and the mm-hmm. the chain and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I'm, the head scans yeah, are amazing. The, uh, it's the blue strap world title that comes yeah. with it also, which that thing was also very short lived. Yeah, I was. I mean, I think a lot of people are like expecting it to come with like the rattle, the 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 Stone Cold uh, belt and everything mm-hmm. like that. But I'm excited about the T-shirt alone. That's like, that's pretty amazing that they actually went out of their way to do that. But if you're if, for any WWE superstar, who are you going to do that for? First and right. foremost, would be Stone Cold, and I think uh, yeah, everyone knows my stance ever. on on Stone Cold and what his place is in the uh, WWE <laughs> uh, history books is, but um. But uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited about this uh, series. And I had already pre-ordered, obviously, because I mean, why wouldn't you? It's yeah. two of the greats. You're gonna regret it if you don't if you don't pre-order these when the, when people start busting them out and getting them in hand. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be sad that you didn't get them. So, um, buy, buy into the hype on these. I'd normally tell you to mitigate the the hype and don't just be a hype beast. But yeah, these are these are awesome figures, and they definitely have a place for your in your collection. And um. Uh, as always, use code. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the one figure that I initially passed on from the Ultimate Edition line was 
Brock Lesnar, oh, and then a, a couple months later, yeah, a couple <laughs> months later, Ringside did a restock, and I got him. And once well, I had him in hand, I was just like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe I almost passed on this figure!" Like the well, Ultimate Editions are, they're just awesome. Yeah, when you were away, actually, that the Brock Lesnar was the one that was the most sought after. Hard to find. yeah, that was like the hard to find one. Like no one was restocking it. You could only mm-hmm. get it on eBay, and it was like people were five thousand dollars. Yeah, they're like jacking up the so like the Brock Lesnar was like the the most sought after ultimate yeah it was it was figure. brock and sean right Those yeah, were the brock two and sean that, yeah series, that was ue yeah. series three yeah more more of brock than uh sean but like yeah that that series alone was like the most sought after at that time so uh, yeah you kind of missed the uh you missed the boat on that one yeah but uh, yeah it was the brock because Les- i was like yeah it's brock Lesnar. it's and eh, whatever no big but, deal yeah, we've got a million brocks once you get it in hand yeah it's totally yeah it's it's a game changer for uh for brock Lesnar figures it's like an end-all be-all if anything um but we'll move on to the uh, co-main event, which is um, uh, photos uh, were posted by uh, Zombie Sailor Toys, friend of the show, um, of his uh, Sabu retro figure. I was kind of blown away by this. It looks great. Pretty dude. insane. Did you see the uh, detail with the the scars and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, it's like, awesome. Stuff? Yeah. For it's a retro figure. Like a yeah. removable headdress. And Sabu, for as much of a legend as he is, uh, he, he, his figures have really been few and far between. So it's awesome that we're going to be getting him in Hasbro slash retro form. Yeah. The last time I, uh, actually seen him in, in person or live was at, uh, it was a PWS show. It was pro wrestling syndicate. I think it was a uh, WrestleMania. Uh, geez. It was the New York, New Jersey one, but, uh, supposedly, I mean, 35? it was it. uh, no, it was the first one. Uh, oh, uh, 29. Yes. Um, yeah, so he was at this show, like an independent show, and uh, he was technically supposed to be there, but not. And he was kind of like arguing with like the promoter or something like that. <laughs> Sounds cops, like Sabu. Yeah, the cops ended up coming and stuff like that, and they had to like halt the show for a little bit. And uh, <laughs> I think they cut it out of the DVD. I actually have it because we uh, sat front row. Um, that was the uh, the New Jack retirement match as well. I think I spoke about that on the show where he uh, like bled all over the place and we were yeah. running for our lives. Yeah. But um. Yeah, so that's the last time I've seen Sabu, but I'm actually super excited. Um, I would say go to the WWE Network if you're not familiar with Sabu and his work. Uh, but, uh, I mean, now is probably the time to do it before they actually get rid of it. and Go back and watch some ECW shows and uh, see the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal Sabu at his finest. He was, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was quite the character, and this figure is pretty amazing. I'm, this is probably definitely one of the ones I'm going to get. When this uh, this uh, line drops, yeah, in uh, in Bret Hart's book Hitman, um, he actually talks about how influential Sabu was there in the mid '90s. He was really kind of the ringleader of the extreme style of wrestling. He inspired Bret to do the big table spot with Diesel at Survivor Series '95. So Sabu's always been a legend to me, and I'm glad we're getting a new figure of him. I'm just so stoked for for this Zombie Sailors line. They're putting so much um, TLC into this, these new sets of figures. And I think it's going to be really great for collectors. Um, you know, spoiler alert, we are going to have zombie sailor on the show. Once it gets a little bit closer to, uh, to release time, once we get some hard release dates, we're going to get them on here to help, uh, help, you know, inform all the figure collectors out there on what they need to do to be able to get these figures in their hands. But really stoked for this line. Um, Marco, what did you add to your collection this week? Uh, so this week, um, I got a, a couple of things. So actually, uh, there's a there's a Instagram account called Twenty Eight Hundred Studios. Uh, they do a bunch of different stuff. They do like pins and you know T-shirts and stuff like that. So I actually 
Uh, they did a uh, retro version of the WWF St. Valentine's Day Massacre t-shirt. So with Vince, you know, with the, holding the roses and his Very cool. head all bloody with the roses falling behind him and stuff like that. Um, and on the back of it, it actually like posts a match card like it would if you were to like go to the event and actually buy the t-shirt. Um, so that's pretty cool. They actually have another one that pre-ordered. I'm not sure if it's still up for pre-order, but it's the – I actually pre-ordered this because you everyone's probably going to hate me for this, but it's the – um, the stained, uh, the, the band stained featuring Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. You know wow. where I'm going with this. Um, it's the actual, so they actually made a t shirt of it, but on the back, it's the full lyrics of the song. Wow. Um, you know, outside, right? Yeah, outside. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the full and lyrics I'm on the back. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, on the front. It shows the the lead singer is stained, and then uh, oh Fred Durst. It's pretty why, cool. So you got to tell. Why did you buy this? Because it's pretty. It, it's it's a piece of history. It's Limp Biscuit, and it's stained, <laughs> and it's one of the greatest songs yeah, ever written in American history. What's it, wrong with it's you? A, it's a piece of history. Yeah. You yeah. Got it. You're right. Inside, you're ugly. <laughs> Oh yeah, of course. You, you know the words. Come keep, on, keep, keep it going. Keep it going. I, I know guess. the song. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the early two thousands, yeah, it was the anthem. But I just don't think it's aged that well. I, I, I mean, as I mean, of most you, things, have not from the early two. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's more of a nostalgic reasons I got it, but uh, I, I thought I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, twenty eight hundred studios. They actually have um, they have uh, Fred Durst uh, pins um, and variants. So there's like three different baseball cap. Uh, colors that you can purchase which is pretty cool but uh yeah they're, they're very fred durst heavy it seems like but uh i don't i don't hate it that much and if you and if you say you don't like limp biscuit you are lying to yourselves oh yeah limp biscuit yeah. everyone limp biscuit was made so were, were you just were you just a fred durst fan or did you like like you know west borland and like were you like into it all dude oh no like, I, 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 did you, did you get did you I get like the black them. contacts and you know the, no, the, I didn't red, do all the that, red no. the red Yankee hat and I did know, see the whole... them uh maybe I'm not sure what year it was. It was definitely maybe like five or six years ago. They were they went to the House of Blues in Boston. Uh, Machine right. Gun Kelly was the opener. Um and they were they performed it. We went to see them live and it was it was awesome. I mean So what's your all time favorite Limp Biscuit song? Oh my god, jeez. I probably probably break stuff. Cause he did it Rick live. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at the House of Blues, it was like they have like a you know like a stage area, and then off to the side there's like a bar, like an actual bar. He actually climbed on the bar, and and, and performed break stuff, and it was the greatest thing ever. It yeah. was a, it was the best thing. Um, but break, yeah, so break stuff, break stuff still holds up. That's a, just a badass song. If you're in a bad mood, that's still awesome to. Book. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna oh. do a Fred Durst impression because I I can't do it, but I'm, I don't want to hurt my throat because. It's my it's way. Amazing. My way is awesome. You know, Rollins that's always gonna have a soft spot Rollin. for. Uh, yeah, Roland's okay. Uh, you know, my way's got a soft spot for wrestling fans just because it was in the the video montage for the WrestleMania 17 match yeah. between Rock and Austin. I mean, how could you? I mean, you can't hate that. I still song think. Uh, I still think Faith is their best song, though, dude. The cover Faith of Jordan Michael's too. Faith, yeah, you know, because you good. got Fred Durst kind of like singing soft at the start, and then it just Fuck it transforms yeah. into this like heavy metal yeah. song. So yeah, I think. Uh, I think Faith is probably my all-time best Limp Biscuit song. But yeah, Limp Biscuit. It really can't be overstated how incredibly huge Limp Biscuit was in the, in the late nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Um, they they dominated TRL. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah. You had you had Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, and you had Limp Bizkit and Corn. That was yeah. like the <laughs> the two. You know, it was all Corn, teenagers too. fighting over it. So you had the edgy teenagers going for Limp Bizkit and Corn, and then you had the more like you know mainstream popular kids going for Backstreet oh. and NSYNC. Yeah. yeah, don't get me started on Freak on a Leash, man. That was a uh, that video was great. Man, the song was great. But let's let's. But I digress. Let's uh, let's we, we lost but, uh, ha- we lost half of our Gen Z audience already. I know they're, they're like, like what? they're like, yeah. What this the has hell? definitely been one of the most wide ranging episodes of of the Chick Fil A show. This is this is history. the most millennial episode of all time. <laughs> yeah. It was a, uh, it was a light week. It was a light week over here in Virginia for uh, weekly purchases. The only thing we added was a super duper minty Papa Shango Hasbro nice. figure. So uh, I've been looking for him for a while. I wanted to get him with the actual, like, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a, you know, a string bone of bones or whatever. Yeah, his voodoo bone necklace thing. Um, it's a necklace, but it's actually designed to be held in his hand. So I don't really know. Like, I've seen some people posing with him around his neck. Some people have it in his hand. But either way, it's his... Uh, his voodoo thing. So we got that. And then we got a set of the, the last ever WCW tag team championships from our buddy Gustador. So he's a member of the Foley fam. One of our, one of the three people that we buy custom belts from it's him, WWE figure artist and forbidden figurines. Those are kind of the three suppliers of custom belts for us. So Gustador has got an awesome set of late era WCW tag team belts that you guys can add right now. Um, they're the ones that are in the legendary photo of Bret Hart and Goldberg with the tag team belts. So if you're looking to add those to your collection, Gustador is the man. He makes really quality products and he's got some fair prices. So hit up Gustador on Instagram and uh, and check it out. Let's move on to Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley, and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fan wear. They can be found on Instagram at ChalklineOfficial or at Chalk-Line.com. And we now have a discount code for Chalkline. Use code PF10. That's PF as in Pod Foundation. PF10 at Chalkline to save 10% on all your purchases. All right. And with that, speaking of our friends over at Chalkline, it is now time to do the Chalkline check-in. This is where I ask the heel husband which of his 60 pair of Chalkline shorts he is wearing to record this show tonight. So, heel husband, what you rocking over there? So I'm going straight up 90s flow, Nintendo 64. I'm rocking the WCW versus NWO World Tour shorts. So uh, that's one of the kind of the holy, uh, the holy four of the N64 
video game between uh, World Tour Revenge and then WCW WrestleMania 2000 or WWF WrestleMania 2000 and WWF No Mercy. So yeah, they came out with these awesome World Tour shorts last year, and that's what I'm rocking. Uh, Marco, what's your retro pick for this week? Uh, so I went with a uh, since it's Stone Cold week. I went with a uh, early Stone Cold uh, feud um, with uh, Savio Vega. Uh, Savio Vega is one of the uh, he's he's awesome. He's, he doesn't get spoken enough spoken about enough. I think definitely does. Uh, yeah. We need an elite of him also. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he, he's really awesome. Uh, so it's uh, he's a your, pillar of the new gen. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, he was he was a part of the new generation. But uh, yeah, in your house eight. Beware of dog. It was a it was a Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Savio Vega in a uh, Texas strap match. Um, so they actually had to do this match twice um, in one night because the there was like a huge there was like a big storm and the uh, the power ended up going out in the arena um, during their match when it happened. So they ended up uh, doing it twice. Uh, if you if you go on the network right now or Peacock, uh, they actually have a uh, sh- uh, like a thing called beating Stone Cold. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen this yet. So it's basically like anyone that he's crossed path with and stuff like that. So they actually talk to Savio Vega and he, you know, he talks about his first time meeting Stone Cold and, and, uh, you know, they pretty much just got thrown together. Um, so they basically just like, Hey, you work with Stone Cold. And he said, they did, they just gelled so well that they had like, I remember them having matches like every week on raw. I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but they literally had like matches. Like I think every single week on raw up until that, that pay-per-view, but, uh, their matches are always awesome too. Um, they they brought the best out in each other, and like I said, Savio Vega is like uh, like an unspoken hero in Stone mm-hmm. Cold's early career. I think as well. Um, he actually helped you know develop the Stone Cold character and um, get him to where he is. I I credit him with that anyway. Uh, but yeah, definitely go back and watch this match. It's a it's a strap match, and it's it's pretty brutal. They beat they beat the living crap out of each other. If you've never seen a strap match before, but uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. This was actually Ted DiBiase's send off in the uh, in the WWE also because there was a stipulation that you know if Stone Cold lost that Ted DiBiase mm-hmm. would be gone and he he showed up shortly afterwards in the WCW as the kind of the financial supplier of the NWO as yeah. uh, as billionaire Ted so yeah a lot of historical ramifications to this match Sheena what's your retro pick this week so I am you know in the same vein as Marco uh, with you know we just celebrated three sixteen um, you know Stone uh, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. You know, it's just, it is what it is um, unofficially, but officially to all of us. I went with King of the Ring 1996, the birthplace of Austin 316. Um, you know, he gave that impassioned speech after winning, um, you know, the the 96 King of the Ring. And it just, you know, we, we all know it by heart, but it went on to be like, one of the most popular, I mean, the most popular, I don't even say one of the most popular, the most popular catchphrase uh, in the history of professional wrestling. And yeah, it just cannot be understated how important that moment was for, for Stone Cold Steve Austin. So definitely go back and check out King of the Ring 96. There's another great match with um, Mankind and Undertaker on there. So it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good little card. So you can go back and watch the whole thing, but yeah, definitely that moment where, you know, thumping your Bible and doing the whole thing. And, you know, Austin 316, you know, came, came to life and the rest is history. It also ties into the, to Marco's event because the main event was Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog for the WWE championship. And 
that was a rematch from Beware of Dog. You know, they had the controversial finish at Beware of Dog. This was something that we saw a lot in the 90s, but kind of has faded out now, where you'd have the German suplex and then the pin, and the ref would say that both men's shoulders were down and yeah. the match was a tie or something. So I'm glad that finish has kind of gone away because it was a little bit ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, good, great stuff. I'm sticking with the mid-90s. Actually, I'm a little bit more early 90s, but still firmly in the new gen era. King of the Ring, 1993. So... If you guys saw, Sheena posted on her IG account earlier this week that picture of the uh, 1999 WCW house shows with the uh, Bret Hart taking on Hulk Hogan. And it just made me think about how much of a missed opportunity it was that we never got that match in 1993. You know, if you read Bret Hart's book or really listen to any of the kind of shoot interviews about that era, the plan was at SummerSlam 1993, Bret Hart would go over Hulk Hogan for the world championship and Hulk would kind of pass the torch to Brett as the, the main man in WWF. Again, we're breaking kayfabe hardcore right here. And obviously that didn't happen because, you know, Hulk for whatever reason, just thought that, that Brett was, was too small or whatever to go over him. Yeah. And instead we had King of the ring, 1993, which is my retro pick for this week. Hulk Hogan's last match in WWF for what would go on to be nine years. He loses the belt back to Yokozuna. You get the ridiculous finish with the, the Japanese photographer coming up on the apron and yeah. having the exploding camera right in Hulk's face. And then Yoko goes over with the, the leg drop. So I picked it for that match in particular, just to kind of show what Hulk's last match in WWF was, as opposed to what it could be. Cause I really think him and Brett could have had a classic, uh, if, if they would have fought at SummerSlam, but that's what it was. I, I, even though I picked it for that individual match, I would still recommend you guys to watch the whole show because Brett has a classic night. Of course, he won the first ever pay-per-view King of the Ring. He beats um, Razor Ramon, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Mr. Perfect to win the, the tournament. And it was three very unique matches. Just an awesome performance for him. So King of the Ring 1993 is my pick. Um and yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going 90s this week on the retro picks. So check it out. Let us know what you guys think. Drop by and visit the Turnbuckle Tavern, where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern. Available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Random Merch of the Week is where we scour the deep recesses of the internet to track down hard-to-find and never-before-seen wrestling merchandise and share it with you, the Foley fam. You can find links to purchase our rare finds in the show notes of every episode. This segment is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Tees. Visit the official Chick Foley Show store by searching Chick Foley at ProWrestlingTees.com or hitting the link in our show notes. All right, Marco, tell us about this random merch of the week. Um, probably it's a, I should say, random haul of the week. Um, it's a it's, hell of a collection. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty much a whole like a collection of everything wrestling. So from magazines to figures to uh, photographs, eight by tens. to eight by tens to newsletters, to match cards, uh, VHS tapes, 
Um, Cards. It's yeah, it's literally, I mean, nothing really new. It looks like it's up, up to about like the mid 90s, it looks like. But uh, um, Lucha Masks as well. That's another thing I've seen in there. Um, yeah, so for, for about $8,500 with $600 shipping, um, <laughs> you can have this large collection of uh, – of wrestling memorabilia. It's, it's insane. It's trading cards as well, too. I'm just scrolling through all the pictures here. So, but yeah, it's, it's legit. Like if you want to start a wrestling collection collection, um, and it's your first time in spend 8,500, like your foot's in the door already. Um, the stuff in here looks like it's probably worth more than 8,500. Um, if you, if you have it like graded and stuff like that, it but, definitely uh, is. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, this is probably stale right now. Um, if you have the money, if you have that stimmy, your stimmy showed up already. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, the Bi- the Biden bucks as they're calling it. The kids are calling it nowadays. Money bag, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely uh, take a look at this because you, you could probably double whatever you spend uh, on this too. I mean, did you guys get, get to take a look at the... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's some really awesome stuff. I'm cracking up that they threw a $600 shipping charge on this. <laughs> yeah. like, yes. why, not, why not just roll that into the price and say because free shipping? eBay Because eBay can't tax your shipping. True. But I mean, you're already selling this for plus 8K. I feel like you could just kind of eat that and make it a, yeah. a more appealing listing, you know? Yeah. But uh, some really, really awesome stuff. Like I said, this is... Uh, they mentioned it in the listing that this is like the perfect thing to buy if you're looking to start your own wrestling store. Oh, and yeah. I think they're right. I think this is... Uh, you know, you could definitely make a profit on this, selling these all individually. But as somebody that sells on eBay, it's a lot of work. You know, it's kind of tedious doing all these individual eBay listings. I think this would be great to buy and it just have as like a base layer, like kind of the foundation of a, uh, a wrestling-based collectible store. But... yeah. Awesome, awesome collection. I'm really digging these old magazines. That's what's what that's what's jumping out as me as the uh, kind of the prize of this collection. Yeah, the uh, I like the cover with uh, Andre the Giant shaking hands. It looks like uh, is it Bob Backlund? Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're like kind of like it's it's like yeah. they're just standing next to each other, shaking each other's hands. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Andre's got his hand on his back. Pretty epic, but yeah, the, the other the figures that they have too. It looks like they have uh, the WWF superstars line too as well. Yeah, I see a um, Diesel Series One on card. Yep. And you got uh, a Vader from the uh, San Francisco Toy Makers on card. I see a British Bulldog on card. So, yep. Some pretty neat stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. If anyone has, a, like I said, those stim- if that stimmy kicked in, yeah. Definitely. Uh, if you're looking to spend, yeah, you get a few people right to join up. And uh, yeah, you got a hell of a wrestling collection here to div- divvy up amongst your friends. And you'll definitely, uh, you'll definitely make your money back too if you decide to sell any of the stuff that you purchase. Again, this uh, this segment is also sponsored by Turnbuckle Tavern. Um, We talked earlier on this episode about NWA coming back. They have a new YouTube exclusive series called NWA Power Trip. That's just going to be a very in-depth weekly recap of NWA. So check out Turnbuckle Tavern on YouTube. I guarantee you'll be entertained. The uh, the two bad chads are always bringing the heat. All right, it's time for Sheena to hit us with some world-class listener mail. All right, so this one comes in from the fig god himself, Michael Jordan Wells. Um, he says, what is one Hasbro you wish they would have made? So I'll toss this one to you first, Seth. One Hasbro I wish they would have made? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say a pink and black Jim Neidhart. Mm. You know, we got uh, the OG pink and black Brett is one of my all-time favorite wrestling figures, probably my top two or three favorite wrestling figures ever. 
he's definitely in his heart foundation gear because he doesn't get all the flair that we would see from Brett once he went singles with the just all the just the different little like artistic um you know embellishments that we have on his gear but i wish we would have got a uh, a pink and black jim neidhart to go with it we got jim neidhart from the the new foundation with owen hart with the the mc hammer pants so that's mm. it, it's a cool figure you know it's definitely a cool figure because that was such a brief moment in jim neidhart's career so it's cool that we captured it in figure form and we had the owen to match it but i really wish we would have got a heart foundation jim neidhart all right, Marco, do you have a Hasbro that you wish they would have made? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think I'm going to go with probably like the Red Tights JYD. I know they did one, obviously, Mattel did their retro version of it, but a Hasbro JYD would have been pretty awesome if they were able to to get that done. So, I mean, it's it's going a little bit before the WWF time, but... For sure. Um, I think, they, I mean, they did the, they did the Red Tights... Um, LJN, so why not the Red Tights uh, uh, Hasbro version? So yeah, I think that would have been pretty cool right. if they were to do that with a chain accessory stuff like that. That, w- that would be cool. All right, so next one is from Sam Rosenthal. He says, "How do you feel about tweeners nowadays? I feel old saying I enjoy clear <laughs> faces and heels, but seems like uh, that's the old style." Marco, so, I'll, or, I'll, I guess I'll, go ahead, Seth. Sorry, sorry to jump in, but yeah, I uh, tweeners are cool in the interviews and the the in between segments, you know, on Raw from week to week. Tweeners are cool, but you know, like our like Bruce Richard says, eventually that bell is going to ring, and once the bell rings, you need a clear cut good guy or bad guy. Anytime it's a face versus face match or a heel versus heel match, the crowd response ends up being muddled and it's just a mess. You don't get the emotional payoff that you want once the once the bell rings. So. I think uh, as cool as tweeners are, you know, as cool as the shades of gray thing is, wrestling matches work best when there's a good guy and a bad guy. And so I'll say that with the caveat that on the rare occasion when face versus face or heel versus heel works, it's freaking electric. Um, You know, you don't need to look further than the picture that's hanging up right behind my head of the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six. Um, so it, it is awesome if you get a really good face versus face match like that, or like rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 17, but that is by far the exception. The majority of the time, I think wrestling works best when it's a clear cut heel versus a clear cut baby face. All right. So, um, I will do one. Give Marco a chance to answer. Yeah. Marco, if you was, I I didn't know. What what do you think, Marco? How how do you feel about tweeners? I I mean, I, I would pretty much agree with what Seth said. Um, it, like you said, it pretty much only works if it's like really two big mega stars that you can get away with it. Um, when it, if it's two of the same, like two heels or two baby faces, uh, you definitely need a clear cut, good, good guy, bad guy, especially when it comes to the casual wrestling fan, because they have to know who the bad guy is and who the good guy is. Yeah. Um, if you're a casual wrestling fan, you're not going to know that there's like kind of, there's a kind of cool bad guy that, that everyone knows about. Yeah. You, you have to know if, if that person's evil or not, or good yeah. or not. So yeah, it, it, it definitely uh, makes a difference if there's a good guy and a bad guy. All right. We will take one last question from our buddy, Rob Regino. He says, Hey friends, what do you think is more important for a champion? The number of reigns they've had or the length of the reign? For example, I see champions honky tonk man has one reign, but it's the longest one ever or Chris Jericho's nine rather pedestrian reigns. Um, but he has the most of all time. So who's the greatest IC champ ever? Hmm. Mark, I'll let you take this one first, man. 
I probably, I mean, I have like a weird, like conflicting thing. So I'd probably, I'd go with the longest reign. Mm-hmm. I lean more towards that only because if you're a multi, if you're a multi-time champion in wrestling, not in everything else, that means you just lost a bunch of times. Right. Always. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that a lot for sure. Um, yeah. So like obviously Ric Flair, great, greatest of all time, 16 time world champion. That means he just lost it. 16 times and he had to get it back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, I mean, look at Charlotte. We know, obviously we know Charlotte is like, you know, one of the best female um, wrestlers of all time, but still even her reigns, like I just feel like she, they're, they're trying to get her, you know, so they can t- call her like, you know, the 14 time champ, 15 time champ. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just trying to get her reigns up. So yeah, she loses it. So it's like, doesn't have a real truly memorable reign. Yeah. Like she's always yeah. awesome, you know, but she doesn't have anything that's just like, like Walter. I mean, granted his has been helped out a little bit by, you know, the pandemic situation and whatnot. But I mean, I mean what about Pete Dunn? You know, Pete Dunn had like yeah. a, a, an insane UK title run. And I feel like those yeah. runs really mean a lot more. I think, I think the, I, I'm going to go with the length of the run. And obviously yeah. there's a, there's a lot of caveats that go into that too. I mean, how many times you defend the title, how, what kind of people you defend the title against, you know, there's a lot of things that can go into that, but I am more of a, well, I hate to say this more of a length versus a number of times. Type of person. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll get it back on the rails. I agree. I think you guys are hundred percent right. It's uh it's all about just the, the historical significance of the individual reigns over the uh, the overall amount. Like like you said, you know, Ric Flair and John Cena, they're each six time sixteen time champs, but it's hard to pick out like one individual reign they've had. Meanwhile, you know, go to somebody like Hulk Hogan who's a six time champ, or Bret Hart who's a five time champ. I can distinctly remember the start and end of every one of their championship reigns. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think you're much better off going by the the total days the titles held over the amount of times they won and lost it, because especially over the last eight or nine years, those numbers have really been inflated. Yes, um, with the, the total number of world title yeah. reigns. Awesome. All right. So uh, that's going to be the end of episode 120 of the Chick Foley Show. Sheena, remind everyone where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Find Marco Run and Twitter Machine at Chick Foley Show and join our Foley fam. We're an awesome group of people at chickfoleyshow.com. And most importantly, support our partners over at Ringside and use code Chick Foley on all your purchases. Remember to follow our Pod Foundation members, Pyramid Wrestling, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Extra Cooler, and listen to their podcast. Just really, really excellent content coming out from all of them from uh, from week to week. Sheena, you're the defending, reigning, undisputed Chick-fil-A show prediction championship. Leave us with some closing words. I mean, I think it it would be uh, it would be foolish of me to leave you with anything other than dump your Bible, say your prayers. <laughs> Drink your Thunderbird and enjoy Fast Lane. <laughs> All right. 120 is in the books. We want to remind you guys to chill until the next episode.